What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. The, uh, I'm Lance McCorder, and welcome to Tournament Fishing Basics. And I am stoked to have all of you guys on tonight. It's been kind of a crazy week. Um, man, uh, up in Kentucky, still got some sunburn going on. And uh, Tennessee at Kentucky Lake for KBF. Um, and I should have known when I was doing a show about, uh, about Warrior Mindset that it would be tested like thoroughly, you know? Um, so, uh, yeah. Um, that, my, my rant this week is going to be about, uh, a- equipment decisions. Um, sometimes going a little bit too hard. Um, those of you guys know that I have, I have the Jackson big rig. I've got the, uh, the trolling motor on the front of it. Uh, something was up with my battery charger or something. I don't know. But uh, on day one of the tournament on Saturday, uh, the, I just didn't get a charge. Um, and uh, I, I think it was it's I've got like this aftermarket like it's it's a dope like lipo four charger. But I just think that it just didn't take right. Um, so anyways, uh, wind was up. It was kicking, man, like uh, white caps and rollers. And I was had just finished up on my morning spot and I'm heading dude, like like three or four miles to spot number two. Um, I said, wind's right in my face. Rollers are coming at me. Um, everything's fine. Everything's going good. And then pew, if anybody, if any of y'all have ever felt a, you know, a lipo four battery, just shut off on a motor. It just shut off on a motor, man. And, uh, so I'm like, cool, no problem. We can do that. I mean, these things are, these things are kayaks after all, you know, Jackson's paddle better than anything. Um, they come from guys that and gals that that paddle them through the craziest conditions in the world. They were born in the white water, you know. Uh, so I break out the paddle and start digging, you know. I'm like, it's only three, four miles. I can make it. Put me a little behind schedule, but no big deal. So, y'all know the story don't end there, right? I get about a quarter of the way there, and the blade on the left side of my paddle snaps off, like done. Um, so now high winds, white caps. I got a dead trolling motor on the front, dead battery in the back. I got half a paddle. So now this is where shit gets interesting, right? Um, so, you know, it's probably, I don't know, maybe 10 o'clock by at this point and, uh, or almost 10. And I'm looking at a potential disaster of a tournament day one. Um, so, do we quit? Do we go back to the truck? Do we, I mean, do we continue on? You get one shot at that point. You get, you get to make one choice. So, and this is the thing that kind of either makes us or breaks us, you know? Um, and man, um, I just kept going. I just kept digging. I, I, I pulled that broken half of the paddle off and I had, you know, like, like Hiawatha in the canoe, man, I was going, I was soaking wet, you know? Um, I got over to where these docks were and I was running along these docks and I'm, you know, trying to fight and keep myself in position and, uh, and just keep digging and keep straight and just, you know, skipping a bait up under the docks and going around with the paddle, like trying to keep myself straight, you know, and you just go back eight or 10 feet and then you paddle yourself up and you make another cast and, you know, and then on to the next spot, which is, you know, another good ways up that stretch and got back into this little cove. Um, but by the end of the day, I mean, man, like you're spent, you're done. You've, it it just made me think of those days, you know, in the military and in security, security contracting and stuff like that of where we were doing such training, um, and, or, or, you know, real operations, um, 
where that sense of never quit, never give up was drilled into our heads, you know, and it was, and you suffered and you drug and you just kept going, you know, and there was something in, in me that day, you know, this last Saturday that was just like, um, don't quit, man, you know, don't quit the, uh, so didn't quit, kept going, kept fishing, had a much better day too. Um, Got some good points. Boasted me up into, I think I'm in like, uh, um, I got a, got a few extra points towards the rookie of the year, which is a good thing. So hopefully we'll get some news on that. We're waiting on KBF to launch those. Uh, we're supposed to be getting the news on that one this week. But, um, man, never quit. Oh, special thanks and special shout out. Uh, uh, what was his name? I want to say it was uh, Cody, or no, it was uh, Chad Prather, uh, Texas guy. Um, and... Uh, Jamie says, you never give up. Yep, you never do. Um, man, at the end of the day, like, I mean, I fought it to the buzzer, you know, like, just like, like Nemo with a lucky fin, you know, me and that stupid half of that paddle. Um, oh, and let me tell you that my pedals are back. In, like, I, I run the pod in my boat, which is, you know, so I have this big open, um, this big open floor, you know, so... Now I have my pedals back in, my flex drives back in, uh, just because military man, two is one, one is none. So if you've got only got one propulsion system, you, you need to have two, you need to do something. You need to have backups for backups, you know, and I, and I put myself in a situation that I didn't have backups, you know? So, uh, and Jamie, yeah, exactly. You, Jamie says, but you bitch about it afterwards. And yeah, you do, man. Like I, I was on the phone, I was on the phone with Jamie like that afternoon and I was just like, man, like I'd, I'd about had it, you know, I was just like, I was not, I was not feeling it, you know? Uh, but man, this, uh, uh, Chad, Chad dude, he comes over right at the end of the day, right. As soon as the buzzer goes off, I look over and I'm back in these trees and, you know, you, you really take this kind of chance to be a hero, you know? And it's like, Oh, I could do this one last drive, man. Like, you know, I'd gunned it to get to this last little cove. And I was just throwing bait furiously, man. Like I was just casting and casting every little thing I could find. And I'd hung, hung one rod up and, you know, get it unsnagged, go to another, you know, it's a tangled mess now, what, just grab another one and get after it. Um, and right at the end of the day, man, um, there's this dude, uh, shows up and, uh, you know, I wave him down with my half a paddle and uh, he comes paddling over and, and I work my way over to him and, um, I told him, you know, basically what happened with my whole day. And he was like, dude, he's like, there's another ramp right there. I'd launched way up North, but he's like, you know, put out here. My wife can watch the boats. I'll give you a ride up to your truck, you know, <laughs> like, and like, you can come down here and pick up your boats. I mean, cause the wind of course had shifted the other direction. I would have been stuck paddling, you know, probably three, four miles with half a paddle. But, uh, yeah. Um, so never quit, man. Never quit. Never give up. Just keep going. At the end of the day, if nothing else, you got like a really cool story to to be proud of. You know, it's like I'm super proud that I fought through that and kept going. So um, let's see, that's what we do. That's who we are. If it was easy, everyone would do it, and that's absolutely true. And that's that's a topic that we're going to get on here uh, in just a quick second. Um, speaking of a quick second, take a quick second. Everybody, reach down, share the, uh, give us a quick share. If you're not, uh, 
afterwards if you're not following me on youtube make sure you've got me on youtube just lance mcorder look it up uh but yeah make sure you give this a share we can get some users in uh i know adam's having a little bit of connectivity issues so uh hang tight for just a quick second and i'm gonna double check on him real quick and i will be right back in 30 seconds so bam So, yeah, so a little bit of uh, connectivity. So I'm double-checking with him right now. Looks like uh, he's, uh, yeah, looks like he should be able to get in here before, certainly, just uh, just shortly. So, uh, so yeah, man, um, how about you guys? Who else fished this weekend? What's going on in the comments? Who's here? Jamie's here. Steve Thorkbean's here. Roland's here. I know, I know Roland's getting excited. He's uh, working on some motor stuff. Uh, after last week's show where we had, uh, um, last week's show where we had, uh, Romel from, uh, I'm sorry, not last week's show, but it was the show bef before, cause I was out of town last week. Uh, but with Romel about the new port, the NK 180. So I know, uh, he's jumping on the motor bandwagon. We were talking about some batteries the other night. Uh, Blackbeard, did he win the catchboard? This guy, right? Jamie says he never give up. Uh, but he's on his way to, uh, Lake Champlain for the Elite Kayak Fishing Championship. Dope, man. Champlain looks like an awesome spot. I want to get up there and uh, I'm gonna get up there and fish. Um, but yeah, freaking uh, yeah. Make sure we got a share. Yeah, Adam says he's jumping on now, so it looks like he's got some uh, his connective connectivity issues figured out. So should just take a uh, a, a few more uh, minutes for him to get on there. But um, yeah, it's uh, it, it was a great weekend of fishing, man. It's uh, it's one of those things. You know, getting out and exploring new areas and exploring new uh, new types of fishing. Kentucky Lake's a tough lake, and from everybody that I talk to, you know, it's it's really changed over the last few years. You know, like the carp have really taken over, which we saw a, a ton of just monstrous carp. Uh, the grass has really thinned out. Um, the way that the weather patterns were in the lake levels, the lake was like, I think it was almost or all the way to like fall pool right now. So... When, when you're when you're researching and you're looking up these different lakes um man like you got to take stuff like that into account like that's when i when i picked my spot like i don't think that i i did the math enough on you know lake levels and things like like kind of go all right what what's going to affect it when that water drops and you really have to start looking towards more current type of things you know um so that was kind of a um a challenge, you know, so, you know, when you're getting in and you're breaking apart water and you're just kind of creating that plan, that battle plan, you know, it's like, you really have to take everything into effect into into account, you know, and, uh, just kind of make sure that you're, uh, Chris said, Johnny and her went to Rayburn. Dope. That's, uh, we're going to Rayburn this weekend. You guys want to jump on? I mean, like you already got, uh, Chris, you already got some practice. You already got some heads up. So, I mean, we got the two day, um, uh, two-day classic tournament for northeast texas and uh yeah man it's uh it's gonna be awesome the uh ryan van tines uh, what's up man yo 
The, uh, but yeah, the, uh, let me see here. I, it looks like we might, oh, there he is, dude. Look, he's popped up. There's, uh, Adam's getting on. Looks like we've got, uh, got the good connection. We've got the people on, so let's bring him in and we'll get to talking. I've been seeing her. You guys are probably tired of hearing me yap for the last few minutes. <laughs> there he is. What's up, Adam? How are you, brother? What's up, What's up man? man? Oh, you know. Oh, look, I'm sideways. I just collapsed my whole world right here. Yeah. And my dogs are going to come on green now, so I guess my wife's on green. All right, let me reset my stuff. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Adam Milstead, former UFC, now a uh, kayak angler like the rest of us, you know, uh, out there on some trails and uh, kind of tripped across uh, Adam's page uh, just just kind of by pure chance. I think we just kind of tripped, tripped across each other on Instagram or something like that. Now, uh, I really wanted to do a show on you know the, the mindset and the, the mentality of winning and 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 competing you know uh and just kind of preparing yourself mentally to get into the fight you know so it's like and i was thinking about doing this show and then it's right, right about the time that that adam and i connected and i was just like oh dude perfect like i'm gonna hit this guy up see if he can come on the show so <laughs> welcome and uh why don't you give us a quick rundown to uh, tell everybody a little bit about yourself where you come from what's your background um yeah, yeah. the fishing world yeah, yeah man. man um so uh well actually is, is, it, is, it, is there a bad, bad echo? echo i can't hear you echo. you can't all right well, well it's, it's, it's just, just on my end i guess oh good, good. see here i can probably click a button and see let's try this i'll do let me eq it real quick do you think that's better to you let me see hello Hey, we're good. I don't, I don't hear myself. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, yeah so, uh, yeah, my name is Adam Milstead. I'm a former UFC fighter turned extreme kayak angler. Um, you know, I, I, I love the sport of kayaking and I've been doing it since I was a kid. Uh, I grew up on the shores of Chesapeake Bay and the first kayak I ever was in was a Pungo wilderness. And, uh, I would go out to Chesapeake Bay when I was like, uh, eight or nine and it was my buddy's kayak i would take that out and i'd literally throw a, just a rappel behind me and set up a rod just troll around and catch these big striper out there um so it was a lot of fun and that's how i kind of cut my teeth into kayak fishing um but uh I, I ended up moving up to pittsburgh uh pennsylvania probably in roughly around 2008 and uh on an attempt to try to go play college football i was just at a d3 small small football school, tore my ACL, got an MMA after that, and then just worked my way up all through the local fight scenes and then making it professional and then eventually UFC come and call in, and uh, I did that. And it was one of those times in my life that I was like super, super happy and pumped to be about because it was something that I always wanted to do. I always wanted to be like a professional athlete, so I got a chance to live that lifestyle, but I'm going to tell you what, like what really got me into kayak fishing was the fact that whenever I was in between, um, you know, fights, I, I wouldn't, or even during fights, I would need something to kind of like pull me back to earth because my whole life was, was kind of like revolving around, um, violence, if you think, you know, cause 
you know, my job is to get in there and beat people up. And so the whole time I'm just like, I'm pushing my body to the limits, training six days a week, getting hardly any sleep, man. And I needed something that was going to kind of bring me back, center myself, balance myself out. And fishing was always that man. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I just got to, <laughs> I, I would go out and I would fish. And the problem is I, I was stuck on a bank and I got so tired of it and I'd have any kayaks, whatever. So then I just, I made the, made the trip out to like a Dunham sports and uh, picked up my very first kayak, which was like a, uh, what was it? A, it was a Potomac, uh, Potomac ES. This thing was like, I think max weight was like 180 and I was sitting around 230. So I was, I was sitting about here and the water was like right here. Yeah. So it's just a simple sitting kayak. I just wanted to get off the bank and I started doing that. Then I ended up working at a field and stream. Very first one opened up here in Cranberry, Pennsylvania. And uh, so I helped open up that store and uh, a friend of mine by the name of Noah Heck, um, a lot of the kayak anglers guys who are watching this right now, they know who he is. He was the uh, the founder of this. Um, it's kind of a charity organization for kayak fishing. And uh, it was funny. I went up to him in the store. The idea was to go and try to sell him kayaks. And uh, so I went up to him. I was like, hey, man, I was like, you interested in uh, kayak? I got this great old town vapor 10 you'd be great and he's like oh he's like actually i got a kayak he's like i got a wilderness you know sit on top uh, i was like oh that's that's nice and then he uh, gave me his information he's like you bass fish i was like absolutely it's what i do out of kayak he's like well we do kayak bass tournaments and so i went out finally and tried my very first one and man i loved it i i loved it a lot I, what i loved about it was the fact that you know you think about like regular bass tournaments man i i've seen plenty of times i've got friends in bass tournaments i've been in bass tournaments i've seen plenty of times where guys would just be cut off you know by other boaters everybody's kind of like a kind of a dick to each other like it's like there's this weird feeling it's like it's so competitive everybody's out there for money you know and i didn't like that and when i got there i I had sort of that feeling and and when I got to the lake, I set up and I had a couple people who came up, introduced themselves. Uh, they started talking about the lake that we're fishing on. They started giving me like, you know, tips and tricks like, hey, you know, big time spinnerbait lake, you know, go use your spinnerbaits, whatever. And I'm like, this is something I've never experienced before. Like it, it's a competitive field, but at the same time, everybody's real relaxed. We're all just out there to have a good time. And that's what I loved about kayak fishing. And, um, after, after I retired from the UFC, I told myself that kayak fishing was something that I was going to try to get into like big. And so in 2018, I retired, I laid the gloves down in a cage and, um, I, I went into kayak fishing head first, um, had a lot of success right off the bat, man. I, I was doing really well. And, uh, and it's just in that sense that I was like, here I've got an ability to to be happy and be in something my you know passion, something that I love to do, um, and still have ability to gain that competitiveness that that I always have to have for some unknown reason. I've got to be competitive. But what's really cool about like these kayak bass tournaments, man, you go out and you compete against these guys, and then when you get off the water, you guys go out and have a drink afterwards. Nobody cares who wins or loses. You learn from your mistakes, you know stuff like that and you go have a couple beers and just share your stories and man you can't beat it it's just one of those 
there's times that I really look forward to every single time. Like we got one coming up, the Steel City Classic uh, for River's Edge here um, up in Western PA. So I'm excited. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it in a nutshell. Yeah, awesome. And uh, uh, Ryan down here. Um, My man, Ryan. Let's not forget. <laughs> too. Boy can sing and play acoustic with the best of them. That's <laughs> I, I've got that same background too. That's uh, so so. What's with the music? Uh, you doing your doing your own thing? You've got your uh, kind of singer songwriter stuff. Like you know, the funny thing is, I, I just pulled out the guitar uh, the guitar here uh, when I got home. I just wanted to check the strings on it a little bit, but um, yeah, I I've been playing since ninth grade, um, and uh, <laughs> it was something I got into. Um, I got into because I wanted to pick up chicks in high school. Right. <laughs> so I got, I, but I found out that was the exact opposite. Chicks in my high school. Yeah. Chicks in my high school, like, like people played sports. So I had to do that too. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I play a mixture of things. Um, I, I like rock. I do a lot of, you know, classic rock, but I'm really big in the country. I like country, uh, you know, real country, you know, sometimes I'll throw one of those bromance songs out, but they're bro country songs, <laughs> but, um, I, you know, I write, pay the yeah, bill, I, you know, I mean, that's like, that's, that's for you. Well, I get that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, dude, my, so, my, my band used to dress in like prison jumpsuits with their face painted and like, you know, it was like nice. crazy bands, you know, mm. uh, but you know, it's great. I mean, it's a great creative outlet and it's one of those things that, um, I know like through some really troubled uh times in my life you know playing music really kind of helped help me stay sharp and stay focused and get through them you know oh yeah um yeah for sure it, it was uh, again just like kayak fishing did when i was going through those rigors of of everyday life as far as you know i i would i, I still held a full-time job whenever i fought in ufc because they don't pay you a lot of money a lot of people think oh you're you know you're set once you get the ufc <laughs> Shoot, 60% of your pay. As soon as you get out of your cage, as soon as you get out of the cage, win or lose, 60% of your pay is already gone to either taxes, yep. managers, coaches, and gym fees. Yeah. So it's it sucks. Um and uh but music was also another way that I, I kind of reconnected myself. Of course, you know, when you're living in Pennsylvania, you don't have a whole lot of time to kayak fish. You got about maybe four or five months that you could really truly kayak fish. After that, you're either in a deer hunting, turkey hunting, duck hunting, or uh, playing music. And mm -hmm. you know, so, I, you know, when I was sitting inside, I, that was something that I did. And I, I love to do it. It was, uh, yeah, it, it, it was another thing to help kind of balance my, myself out. They say, like, way back in the day, old martial artists, one of the biggest things that they ever did was, you know, because they were involved in so much, uh, you know, violence and and teachings that taught you how to beat people up or defend yourself that they needed something to balance themselves out. So old martial artists would do, they would do poetry, they would uh, do art, they would paint, mm -hmm. they would write music. Um, and these are sort of those things that, again, to help balance you out and balance yeah. the violence in your life. So absolutely grow a garden. Yeah, for that's sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's uh, what is it? I'd rather be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in, in a war. Than a gardener in a war. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. I just I just saw that today. That's, that's, that's funny. Uh, I mean that that was one that I remember seeing and coming around when I when I first got back from Iraq um, in like 2013, I guess. You know, and uh, mm. 
just really kind of kind of like you just kind of wanted to try and find the focus wanted to try and find something to um and i want to keep this tying back into the warrior mindset thing and, and like you have to have that outlet you have to have that release and i think that everybody that even is maybe not a warrior in the octagon or maybe not a warrior on a battlefield but is a warrior on a on a plastic boat mm-hmm. um at times, I think that they need to find those outlets too, those things that they can do to get out there and blow off some steam and just relax and just learn to uh, not take things so seriously. You know, I think that's kind of like what you tapped into uh, talking about the bass boat guys, you know, like the, the hyper competitiveness that actually just would really suck the life out of the sport. Uh, it makes yeah. it fun. You know, it's like if you're just hyper tuned, dialed in in combat mode, you know, 99% of the time, one, you're going to die. You know, mm-hmm. two, it's like you're not going to have any fun with what life you do have, you know. So um, it's being able to chill and find a good outlet for it. It's like um, um, and kind of segueing back into the warrior mindset thing. It's I want to take people through, um, you know, some of our um, some of our, 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 our training and how that really drills into your head. And I mean, a lot about, you know. The, the schools and the training courses that I went through in the, as a military and a, and a high threat security contractor taught us to develop that never quit mentality. Um, and I know that I think that that's something that's often overlooked in like the, the upper tiers of training in, you know, in, and the, the, the other side of martial arts, you know, the, uh, the, the, the battlefield side, um, in mm-hmm. MMA, uh, things like that. I mean, a lot of that training that you guys are doing, is preparing your mind and how, exactly. how, I mean, cause I, I know my answer to it is I think that it's about 90% mental and about 10% physical. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your thoughts on just that preparing that, that mental acuity and developing, you know, like I, while we were waiting for you to get on, I was telling a story about how just day one of this tournament last week and like fell apart. Like my boat, like my, battery died right off the bat my paddle broke i was in white caps and i'm digging and fishing i'm trying to you know trying to fish and just like it would have been so easy just to let the wind blow me right back to the ramp you know a mile up the way and then just paddle in and go mm-hmm. guess it wasn't my day you know but gun it out the fire and, and 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 keep going and that that's like the lesson that is that's the mindset that i want to kind of help everybody develop so I, I, I posted a video a couple, maybe about a month ago, and it was how to deal with quicksand. Um, and you remember, I don't know if you ever watched the movie, The Replacements. I was so, just going to, what are you scared of? On the, I'm scared of bees, coach. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. What he yeah. said, we said, he's like quicksand. Oh yeah. Quicksand. Shane, that's good. He's like, no, no, no. What, no Shane, what do you mean by quicksand? You know? And <laughs> Shane goes all time, by the way, everybody should watch that movie. Oh, absolutely. That is absolutely meant. I mean, it's funny. It's corny. It's campy, but there are so many good philosophical lessons in that movie. You know, it's, oh, it's yeah. great. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the whole video was kind of based off of that quote that Keanu Reeves talked about, or AKA Shane Falco. Mm -hmm. And the idea was he described quicksand as where when you start playing the game 
and you can place the game, whatever, whatever it is, whether it's fishing in a tournament or just life in general. And all of a sudden, you know, everything is going so good. And then you have one thing happens, you know, let's say that was, you know, either your kid gets sick in life or let's say your battery dies, your mm. graph goes out, you know, or, um, you know, something like that could happen. You got, you sprung a leak, you know, it's one of those things that happens and you're like, crap. And now you got to deal with that. And then all of a sudden something else happens mm -hmm. and then something else happens. And before you know, it feels like you're over your head and you're stuck in quicksand where it feels like you're just constantly getting dragged down. So that's the point, like life and even bass tournaments are like that. And I had a tournament like that this year. I launched this was uh, at a lake called Pima Tuning, and I've only I fished this four or five different times, and I went to the same launch that I normally always go to, and had success at. And man, when I went to this launch, the water temp was so ridiculously warm; it was like bath water. It was almost eighty degrees for Western PA. That's super, super warm. I get out there in my pedal drive kayak, and it is just grass for miles. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm stuck pedal. I'm paddling this pedal drive, you know, and, uh, you know, anytime I did put the, the, the shaft down in order to the pedal, I would eventually get grass caught up and I'm taking grass out. So I'm already pissed, you know? So I get out on the water and I go and I start making casts, man. I spent an hour, nothing, no fish, no fish. I'm seeing little fish break here and there. And I know the bass are feeding in this stuff. And finally I get a bass. Cool. Nice 16 and a half inch small mouth, pull it up, take a picture. Fantastic. I got exactly what they want to eat. I throw it back. The next cast, I go to make a cast. I catch the net behind me. Backlash. I mean, just destroyed. Gone. It's gone. I cannot use that rod anymore. Chop it off. Put it back behind me. Get my other rod. As I'm going... I've got a spot pinpointed on, on a, I'm locked right on a, a point and it's this rocky point. It's an open within all this grass. And I know the bass are there. All of a sudden my graph dies, not even kidding you. Like 15 minutes later, my graph dies. I'm completely blind in 15 feet of water and I'm freaking out and I'm like, crap, you know, so here I can't pedal. I'm out of a, uh, a rod. Um, I lost my graph. Uh, the next thing I know, I I start to see fish breaking on the surface, you know, real close. So I'm pedaling in real, or I'm paddling in real close, and I get my frog rod. I'm starting to throw this rock. Man, I had a big blow up on a frog. I'm like, oh my goodness, here we go, big blow up. Next cast, go out and cast it for some unknown reason. It backlashes so deep inside. Put that behind me, and you get so pissed off. Like, I've got no graph. I can't pedal. I've got two rods down. Um, there was something else that happened that I, I can't remember that just was, like, completely out of my control. And it was at that moment that I knew I was stuck in quicksand. Nah. And, and you know, a part of me wanted to take, when that second backlash happened, part of me wanted to take that rod and literally snap it over my leg. Mm -hmm. And I knew that was stupid. It's an inanimate object. Yeah. I was most likely in control. I just didn't have it set right or casted. I got too excited, whatever. And what I did, I had to sit down. So I sat down on the boat, I took the rod, put it behind me. And I just stopped. I just sat like this and I just relaxed and relaxed, relaxed. And I just, I say, you know what? And so I picked up my phone. I was like, 
And this is, this is how you build yourself out of quicksand. So what happens in quicksand is the idea is that everything is going wrong, but it's not. All it is is that you're noticing things going wrong. You're noticing all the negative things without thinking about the positive. And the idea is that when you've noticed all these things and it seems like sometimes it's out of your control, you know, you got to stop and you got to do something right. Something that's in control, that it's right, it's going to break the bad pattern, the pattern of negativity that you're noticing. So you start noticing some more positive stuff that are going on in your life or in that day in that tournament. So what I did is I picked up my phone, texted my wife, said, hey, just wanted to let you know I love you. I miss you. I can't wait to see you when I get home. Right. You know, and it was at that moment that it like it hit me. You know, it was like, hey, I just need to relax and just go out and have a good time. I need to relax and just just, hey, I'm out here. I'm alive. I'm in good health, whatever. And so I just I just paddled around. I didn't even worry about fishing. I just pedaled around. I just got my mindset in. I just, you know what I did? I, I looked around. I looked at some of the wildlife that was around. I just relaxed. And I'm going to tell you what. Now, granted, I still didn't do very well in that tournament. But what it made me realize is that when I do get in those situations where, you know, you're, you feel like you're getting stuck in quicksand, you feel like all this negative stuff is coming down on you, that if you just take the time to start at least making a step towards a right decision, whether or not it's texting a loved one or calling somebody up, you know, saying, Hey man, uh, you know, I haven't seen you in a while. Let, you know, after this tournament, let's go grab a, a you know, a few, a few drinks or whatever and catch up on some good old times. And yeah. if people understood that you can completely change your perspective on your day by doing something that, you know was right and you you accomplished it and you you know from there on you're gonna start noticing everything else man i i got back to the ramp you know yeah i didn't have that great a day but you know what happened there was a guy there uh some uh, just an old couple i just sat there had a conversation with them they're like hey let me help you get your boat my boat i i paddle a uh jackson big rig this thing yeah, I, yeah. I i i, I team yeah Oh, nice, then. Yeah, I I call her big bitch because she, yeah. she weighs a ton. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> but uh, this guy was like, he was an older guy, but he had no problem. He's like, hey, man, let me help you with the kayak. He helped me up. And, you know, and then we just chit-chatted. We literally sat at the, the dock for like, you know, an hour chit-chatting. It was just really cool. It was like one of those things kind of rekindled your, uh, you know, passion for, you know, everyday people and stuff. And uh and it, it just made me realize, like, life is way too short to worry about s some of the most subtle little problems that we have in life. And I'm going to tell you what, man, kayak fishing, turn like, when you're bass tournaments in general, mm -hmm. when you're stuck in bass tournaments or stuck in kayak fishing, man, you can pick out some of the smallest little things that piss you off. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. crap, you you forgot your EWG hooks. Crap, you, uh, you know... Um, I don't know, something real minute, like, you know, you just, you've tied this knot a thousand times and you just broke it off for just for some unknown reason. Now you got to tie it again. It's like some, those things can really, because bass fishing, kayak fishing, especially we're very detail oriented. So when something doesn't go our way, we get really distraught. We, we beat ourselves up. We start noticing that problem. And, uh, and then it starts giving you a negative mind uh, outlook on life, a negative mindset. And like I said before, you've got to break the pattern. 
And breaking a pattern requires you to do something right. And there ain't nothing wrong with telling your wife that you love her. There ain't nothing wrong with reaching out to a friend that you haven't seen in a while and tell them, hey, man, let's catch up. Uh, or giving a call to, to somebody on the water who, who is doing really well or, you know, hitting them up and say, hey, man, great job. I saw that fish, you know, whatever. Congratulate somebody. It'll change your yeah. outlook. Uh, you'll, you'll feel yeah. more at peace. Even if, yeah, even if you're not doing good, it still helps. Mm-hmm. So well, and it's and it's and it's it's manifestation. I mean, and that's a, a lot of people don't really put a, put as much stock in like the the manifestation of different energies and mindsets. And I really truly believe in it. I mean, I'm you know I, I'm a chef now. It's what I do. I cook. You know, I'm I own a restaurant. Yeah. It's I do the very kind of fine dining eat tweezer food. You know, um, it's all attention to detail. It's all you know. If if I have a cook or if I have one of my chefs or one of my servers that I can sit there and look at and go, Hey, look, you're obviously in a bad mood today. So what I'm going to need you to do is walk outside the door and walk right back in and just slap the door jam. You know, it's just, just mm-hmm. as, you, as you walk in, it's a physical manifestation. Leave it at the door. Deciding to leave your shit at the door, you know, go yeah. out there, walk in and just smack the door jam. And mm-hmm. uh, I've had so many cooks do that, you know, at, at, at a restaurant I had before that there was actually a worn spot on the, above the door, you know, <laughs> and, uh, I mean, you can literally do that. Like my, my thing, like I'll always tell myself 11 up three down. Um, there might be some military guys in the, in the, in the, in the chat or something like that. That'll get that. But it's, uh, it's something our drill sergeants used to tell us back in the day. What's 11 up and three down private eight up, you know, you're eight up, you're eight up, you're eight up, you know, it's like, so mm-hmm. you're eight up, you're tore up, you're making bad decisions, you're doing whatever. And like you said, a lot of that, a lot of times is just realizing that you're sitting in the quicksand, you're in it. I mean, and, and it's literally, it's, it's so easy to just stand up and mm-hmm. put, your feet on the, put your feet on the ground and just stand up and just be like, oh, I'm fine. Quicksand ain't that bad, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, just uh, calm down, get yourself out of it. I mean, and, and to me, a lot of the time, it's just noticing it. Um, yeah. So, you know, I'll, I'll start noticing, you know, the little bits of frustration. Like you said, you're wanting to, you know, you're wanting to break something or you're wanting to throw something. Um, for me, it's, it's, it's kind of the same effects as, uh, as, as battle battlefield stuff, you know, it's, uh, you'll start getting tunnel vision. You'll start, you know, getting, you know, desensitizing yourself to sounds and lights and things around you. Uh, you'll start to lose like fine motor function. If you find yourself being fumbly or being clumsy or dropping things, or like you said, having trouble tying a knot, um, Mm -hmm. man, just stop for a second. Like you said, it only, it only takes a minute to, and I'll do the same thing. I'll, I'll, I'll text my wife. I mean, like, Hey, I love you. I miss you. Can't wait to mm-hmm. be home. You know, how's everything? How's the dogs, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, uh, whatever it, it's just, it's just take a second to reset your brain, to reset your thought pattern and get yourself out of that little funk that you put yourself in, you know, and it, and it really exactly. fish didn't do anything. Your boat didn't do anything. You yeah. know, your rods and reels didn't do anything. It was, it was, it's all you. It's, it's all, it's all your fault, you know, yeah. that boat driving by and kicking up a wa- or, you know, a wake boat or jet ski or whatever. And I'm going to do nothing to you unless you let them, you know, like, I mean, if somebody runs over you, I mean, for sure, you know, put three, or four <laughs> motor, you know, but, um, yeah. you know, for the most part, it's things that are beyond our control. So don't let them in your universe. It's, it's just a matter of just separating yourself from, uh, in a world of things you can control and a world of things that you cannot, you know, so. absolutely. 
there was a comment here real quick. It was uh, mm -hmm. Chris, single mom mentality. There are so few options already. Quitting is not one of them. No one is going to pay the light bill for you. Put your head down, figure it out, and keep going. Amen. Yeah. I mean, that's that's just it's just kind of visualize the win and do it. You know, it's it, nobody is going to come finish it for you. You're absolutely here. You paid your money. Like <laughs> that's well, that that's the, that's the thing too. Um, you know, I, I think as far as mentally goes, like a lot of the people who get in this sport, they're so highly motivated by competition that mm -hmm. they allow competition to be pretty much running their mentality so to speak so the idea is that when we're so competitive we want everything to go right because we expect everything to go right but when something bad happens we really notice it when something bad happens mm -hmm. and like you said before uh, you know the the probably the hardest part of understanding you know or at least how to get you, yourself out of that funk or out of that quicksand is for you to be cognitive of your your um yourself be basically noticing all the negative stuff mm -hmm. you know um this this is this is deep within our subconscious you know we're all naturally competitive and especially those of us who put ourselves in competitive situations our subconscious expects us to do well so much that like i said when that bad stuff happens you really really notice it and it's really hard for us to notice us ourselves only noticing the negativity yeah and so it requires us again to break the cycle or break the pattern with a good action something that you know you can do right mm -hmm. notice it and move on whether or not you got to put yourself way back at the basics you think yourself as a as a you know a, an avid fisherman an avid competitive kayak bass fisherman an average or avid um you know uh, tournament bass boat guy and you're expected to know everything. You're expected to know how to do all this and that. Sometimes you really got to bring yourself back to the basics, you know, where, okay, uh, it's a cloudy day. I don't need to be throwing finesse baits. I need to be throwing reaction baits. Something mm -hmm. simple as that. Like we get so lost in that idea that, you know, we have to have everything right. And when I throw this, it's going to be right. And when it doesn't happen, we beat ourselves up and uh, don't do that, man. Don't, don't beat yourself up. You, you woke up this morning. So you're more blessed than millions of people who are sitting six feet underground, man. I'm going to tell you what, I mean, having the ability to do this, like there are times I'm out on water when I'm getting ready for kayak fishing and I'm, I'm tired as all hell. And I'm out there on the road at four o'clock in the morning, getting to the water, man. I'm going to tell you what, most people would think that was, miser that was miserable, but man, for some other reason, that is so fun, so exciting because you don't know what the day is going to bring you. And it's like, it's like, man, I hope heaven is a lot like this because holy <laughs> hell, man, this is fun. I, I, I can't wait to see my buddies out on a, you know, water you know, I can't wait to get a little bit of competition in, but at the same time, get better as a fisherman. You know, if you keep that mindset throughout the day and realize, hey, you know, there's a lot of luck to fishing. You could be good at fishing, but there's a lot of luck. Some people are just at the right times at the right time of the day, throwing the right bait, you know, but hey, it happens. So, yeah, there's, there's there's always a lot of that 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 you can control and block out. And it's in, in and I think, like you said, the idea of picking up something or going back to a basic 
Um, I mean, you've got some, I would guarantee, I would dare say that almost every single one of us has something Texas rigged and tied on at any given time. So (laughs) pick up that, uh, pick up that stick bait or pick up that worm and just, you know, throw it at that, throw it at that little stick over there, you know, like throw it at something that it's not going to get snagged in that it's just, just, or just make a nice long bomb cast with it, you know, and like, just exactly. Just a second, just do something good. Mm Mm-hmm. I agree, man. It's uh, yeah. yeah, it's this is such a weird sport too, because it's like, wow. like we were talking about before. I mean, it, it, there's there's a lot of luck in it, but you know, of course, you got to be good and have the right pattern set up and things like that. Some people put a lot of work. For me too, the times I really get upset is when I put a lot of work into an area. Like sometimes I'll take two two days off of work and go and try to pre fish an area, man, and Sometimes I'll find a pattern. Sometimes I won't find a pattern. But when it comes down to tournament, man, it's just like the fish have just completely switched differently. It's like, what the hell happened? Like, you know, these fish were peeing on a jerk bait the whole, the last two days. Now they don't want to look at it, you know? Um, You know, it's, it's, yeah, mentality. When you started this off, mentality, Jackson Gary. Um, Jackson. (laughs) <laughs> his name is Jackson actually yeah, yeah, I like it. <laughs> but uh um but like you said it is 80 90 percent mentality mm-hmm. and of course the rest of it is just you know using the right baits at the right time so I wish I could remember the quote but it was something about you know uh kind of like um a little bit of planning and a little bit of persistence and then putting yourself in the right position is is the key to creating luck like luck luck is a construct you know it's like right. it's taking a few key choices and doing a, a few key things and then just simply putting yourself in an area that it's possible for for it to yep. succeed um yep. so you have to get out there you have to try it you have to kind of you know arm yourself with the right tools for the job and then it's just a matter of going out there and just just doing it and you know what yep. someday, someday you you're gonna get that that first place trophy um, or a top 10 or a top five or, you know, whatever it is. I, I mean, I remember getting my first, uh, uh, my first top 10 in a national, you know, this, this year. And I was like, man, that is like the coolest thing ever. I'm like, now I want to win. Awesome. You know, it's like, I may never win one, but I'm going to try. I'm going to put myself in that same position. And yeah. I, what did I do differently on that day? Um, when I took that, you know, that, that top 10 in a national, like, like, what did I do? Um, mm-hmm. I, was confident. Um, I was confident in my decision. Like, even though I made an unpopular decision, um, like I was going to stay on this river, everyone else was going to these lakes around it. And I was like, nah, I'm like, I think I can, I think I can pull a, you know, a, a solid, a solid bag out of this, out of the stretch of river. Yeah. So I just made my decision. I was confident in it. I went out there and you just go through the motions. You do it. You know what? Either they're going to bite or they're not like that's, and if they're not change, move, do something, you know, like mm-hmm. the biggest thing is just keep going, keep doing, never, yeah. never, ever quit, never get flustered. You can't allow yourself to get frustrated. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, if, if you're, if you're on the mat and you've got, I mean, you're tangled up with somebody and I mean, you know, and the, the, the contracting that, that I did, like we had to do a, a extensive amounts of, of like hand to hand and like some emanate, like, like crabbing stuff and getting out from other guys. Mm-hmm. And it was like, when you get wrapped up with, you know, a grown man, like 
that's some work, man. That's it's, 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 there's some power going on there, you know? And it's, um, if you get frustrated or if you get, if you don't just keep yourself focused and just sit there and think, what do I have to do to get out? Oh, I can go on my side and I can, I can yeah. make, I can make myself, oh, I'm, look, I made myself an inch, you know, I made <laughs> myself a hole, you know, I can get out of this, you know? So mm-hmm. it's, it's, uh, it's just repetitive, repetitiveness and training and drilling it into your head that this mm-hmm. is not the end of the world. You can survive this. You can get through this. Um, no matter what, as long as you keep going, you're going to be fine. You know, you're going to be okay. Yeah. You know, so, uh, the, the idea is just to have faith in yourself. So many people, you know, especially those who notice the negative stuff, um, you know, people who, and, and that's why you drill so much. That's why you practice so much mm-hmm. is so that you build the faith in yourself. You've, you've been in a situation before. And you know that you can get out of it. You know, you know, you, you know, and that's the thing too. Like, I mean, between when we used to train for mixed martial arts, um, we always trained worst case scenarios, you know, and I I don't see why you couldn't do that for bass fishing too, you know? And the idea is that you place yourself in this, this worst case scenario and you've got to build yourself out of it. And when that time comes, because the time will come, I mean, it, it's whether it's going to be next tournament or the following tournament or next fight or next, you know, whatever, you're going to wind up in that position and you can either cave under the pressure and allow the situation to control you, or you can control the situation because you have enough faith in yourself to pull yourself out of it. I mean, hell, you could take this, you know, metaphor all the way through life. You know, whatever you're going through in life, you can pull yourself out of it. It just it requires you to have faith in yourself first to know that you're not going to cave underneath this pressure and to know that, you know, even if you're just willing to, to fight, you know, there, you're going to have an ability. You're going to open doors that you had no idea that were going to be open, you know. It's uh, it's it's absolutely it's like kind of also like uh, um, just understanding that when you get into that situation, that it's not so calamitous that it's like um, that it's unfamiliar. You know, it's like odds are in just about anything in life, you're not going to, you know, or very, very rarely will you encounter a situation that is completely foreign to you. So there's always little reference points that we have, you know, I just turned, you know, 49 years old last week, you know? So it's like, I've got a, I've got a repertoire of of shit that I've used to get myself out of a pickle for almost half a century now. So, mm-hmm. um, whenever you get in that situation, you just go, you just dig back into that database of that knowledge. Or oh, this was like this, or you know, I was up on uh, uh, Kentucky Lake last weekend, and I hit this this situation, this little stretch where I go, oh man, you know that, and it was tough. It was like fishing was tough. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, oh, man, you know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of that little stretch of river that I fished in South Carolina on the Hobie Trail this year. I'm like, I'm going to try this. And boom, you know, like, I yeah. mean, two, two minutes into doing it, I was like, all right, cool. I got him. I like, like, I, it was so mm-hmm. obvious um, that I was just like, all right, cool. You know, that was it. And it just literally took a second of going, all right, look, it's cloudy. Uh, water temps are in the low 80s. Um the water's not moving too much where I'm at. Um, mm-hmm. 
these are the conditions, these are the water depth, this is the structure, this is the water clarity. Where have I seen this before and what worked? You know, and it's like when you yeah. start doing that and you start realizing that these stupid green fish live the exact same way that they do in this lake as they do to the other lake as they do to the other lake based on the conditions of the water and the air and you know it's it's not rocket science you know so it's like a lot of the times it's just really just taking a second and trying to think your way out of the problem you know and it's and absolutely it's not really a problem to begin with i think that's the biggest thing is we we tell ourselves that it is a problem and it's not right the fish aren't biting stubborn you just you're just not giving them what they want, you know? So exactly. Um, yeah. draw back on your, on your resource resources, on your knowledge and on your, uh, your past experiences and put them to play. It works on fighting. It works on, in, in everything. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, no, I agree. I mean, you could, you could definitely create a mental block. <laughs> um, <laughs> I saw a meme. It was, it's, it's not going to be funny if I try to explain it. It's just this like, this is like this this proper looking drawing of a guy who's real professional and stuff like that. And it says what you look like pre-fishing. And then when you get to the tournament, it's just like this goofy looking messed up drawing. It's like this is what you look like when you're fishing in a tournament. <laughs> and the idea that you just uh, you create this mental block, you just create all these little mistakes. You start doing stuff because you haven't caught a fish in like a half an hour. Yeah. You're like, oh my god, oh my god, and you just start throwing the weirdest stuff, hoping that you're gonna get. You don't do that because that. I mean, number one, you haven't, you haven't, uh, you haven't practiced with it. You haven't tried it out. You haven't gained the confidence in it. Right. You know, one of the greatest things I ever learned from Bill Dance when I when I was watching, I watched Bill Dance when I was a kid. Like other kids would get up on Saturday mornings and watch cartoons. I watched Bill Dance. And one of the best things I ever learned from him was the bait that you have the most confidence in is going to be your bait is going to be the best bait that you have is going to be the one that's going to catch you the most fish. What, what was the actual quote? It was uh, somewhere along the lines of uh, your most confident bait is the bait in your tackle box. That's going to catch the most fish or something like yeah. that. Yeah. And it's true. It's true. It's uh, you know, why would I in a tough scenario, why would I go to something completely off the wall in hopes that maybe I just find a weird pattern in this one section of the lake or river when I could just go back to something I know catches fish Right. that, you know, I might have to work for it a little bit, but I know it's going to get fish. I know I'm going to get bit as long as I throw it. And so many people get caught in, you know, that mindset. There's sometimes I get caught in that, you know, I, I throw some weird stuff out there like, why do I think this is going to work? I don't know. Nothing else is working because I haven't caught a fish in 30 minutes, which is generally okay. Right. <laughs> you know, if you, go, if you go three hours without a fish, maybe switch it up to something else. But, you know, stick to stuff that you're confident with. Stop creating mental blocks in your head. And stop doing, stop making, you know, poor decisions based off of the fact that, you know, your competitiveness is ramping up so much and you see the leaderboard climbing, climbing, climbing. You know, when you're in these situations, all you need is three or five fish or whatever the fish limit is. Just get that limit, man. Don't worry about it. I, last uh, two, my the last time I had fish, I took second place up here in uh, West PA, just the chapter tournament that I did, and it was on a tough lake, man. And you know what I did? Because I I did this a few other tournaments before before I fished them, and I did horrible in these tournaments. 
is where I listened to everybody saying, oh, my God, it's horrible. There's no fish. I went up there pre-fish, caught one fish. I would listen to these people constantly, and I would sit there and listen to them. And I went into this, went into those tournaments thinking this is going to be a tough tournament. These people are having a hard time catching these fish. They're, that one guy that only caught one fish, what the heck? I'm not going to catch any fish. I'm just hoping I get, like, one big one. And I, I did poorly in it because I, I wasn't doing anything that I – I didn't stick with any confidence base. I just went out there just throwing something different than other people weren't throwing. I did bad. But this tournament, uh, two weeks ago, I took second. And what I did, it was it was uh, called Yellow Creek Lake. And um, it's uh, the whole year people were saying – Dude, this lake is bad. They changed it. They sprayed the grass. So the grass is destroyed. These bass are, they're all sporadic, all chain, you know, bites off. It's weird. And I remember um, the last time I had fished, I took second place. And that was two or three years prior to this. Um, And uh, I, I was just using a frog. And I knew that the bite happens around 11 o'clock, but you got to sit there and you got to, you got to pound some mats. You got to, you got to throw this thing out a thousand times to get a few fish. But I know that when you get the fish, they're, they're decent fish. And I sat there and I didn't catch a fish for five hours. I sat there throwing a frog still in the back of my head. I was thinking about what these guys were thinking, you know, telling me, Hey, there's no fish. You're going to have to move. You're going to do this. I said, no, I'm staying here. I'm, I'm done listening to people sticking with my gut. And I'm sitting right here. And I kid you not, one hour before lines are out, I hit all of my bass. I hit four bass. It was just a three-fish limit. But I hit four bass. I called the last one in with two minutes left with a, like a 17-and-a-half-inch fish. Mm. And, uh, and it pushed me to second place. And it was, it was at that time that I realized, like, one of the biggest mistakes you could do is listen to other people and not your gut. It's happened to me quite a bit recently, and I'm not letting that happen to me. Yeah. If if I'm if I'm good, and and that it's rough because in kayak fishing sometimes you are dependent on other people. So if you do a float, you do a river float, you guys have to kind of you got to connect. Like he thinks that hey, there's going to be fish on this float, and you think there's fish on this float. So one of you's got to make make a decision, you know, yeah. do we do, you know, or find somebody else who agrees with my float and I'll do that. It's tough, man. It really is. But in general, I, I really think that it's more uh, it's more eye opening and you learn a lot more when you do a certain area that you chose. You went with your gut on everything and you didn't listen to anybody else and you accomplished stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's where you really start growing as an angler. I mean, yeah. you go like, I, I know, um, uh, I fished with Jared Littner who fishes for MLF. Um, I've, I've, uh, hung out and talked with Mike Iconelli quite a lot. You know, if you go to some of these tournaments that they're fishing in and maybe you fished that lake and you had a lot of success on something and you tell them like, hey, man, I had a lot of success. Of course, MLF, they can't take anything. But if you do any other tournament, they could take information. But um, you tell them, like, hey, I had a lot of success. They'll, they'll say, oh, yeah, yeah, thanks. You know, but these guys aren't doing that. They're throwing what they're confident in. They're throwing with what they know works, you know. So look, look, look at Greg Hagney or, or Jared Lintner. Look, look at the – look at because they're both very similar. 
uh, and their mm -hmm. fishing styles. Like, look at those guys on any given body of water anywhere. Like, what are they doing? They're 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 flipping. They're flipping yep. all day long. Bloop 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 bloop. They could be mm -hmm. on. I mean, you know, you've got uh, Gary Klein and you've got you know Jay Lee and you've got all these dudes that are out there like drop shotting and doing their, yep. doing their finesse thing. Where's Hackney and where's Lintner? They're over there. They're now, they're fishing they are, fish. You know, they're running. Yep. You know, Hackney's in there throwing a jig into into, into trees. You know, like mm -hmm. that's what he's doing. <laughs> that's because it's what he does. It's what he's good at. That's his thing. You know. Right, uh, and he's he's gotten to where he was off of that. Why would why would it change it? You know. Yeah, yeah, and, and and that's a really that's a really good thing because I I think that as you know these 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 hairless monkeys that we are, you know, it's like the the first thing that we think of is like, oh, I got to try this new thing, or I got to I got to try that, or I've got a um oh this you know oh I'm not catching any fish. I need to do you know what I need to do? I need to do a. Uh, Oh, I don't even remember what it is. That new rig that I saw the other day—it's the the Japanese word for Texas, uh, but it's it's like a big, huge mag EWG with a weight on the on the on the curve. Oh, the, it's like a yeah, su suka suka kajo or something. Yeah, I, uh, I know what you're talking about. I just I mean, recently I, just saw that. You're like, oh, I could tie this. It's like, dude, why not just Texas rig a freaking uh, <laughs> a, a, a missile quiver six five? Like I've caught yeah. a million fish on everywhere in the entire world or wacky rig one mm -hmm. go throw it at go throw it at the edges of some grass or go, yep. throw, go throw it at some wood yeah and like you said it, it, it <laughs> these are fish like i mean uh, they've got patterns as long as you you know the time of the year you're fishing the you know water tap and stuff like that you can really you know you could take away or i should say you can minimize your mistakes by just taking in all these all that information you gather throughout the years. Uh, you know, it, it really is kind of simple. It's just, I think a lot of it, and like you said, like uh, somebody said down there, 80% mental is fishing. The idea is that don't create mental blocks for yourself when you're out on the water. Don't do that because that's going to be your downfall. So, yeah, it's, and, and I mean, and, and it's, it, it is, like you said, it's our tendency to just overthink everything that we do. It's what, it's yeah. what we do. It's, that is our go-to is like, oh God, I must be doing, oh, and the next thing you know, you're scatterbrained and you can't think of anything and you're doing something dumb, you know, like, yep. Um. so yeah, stick, stick with things that are simple, stick with things that are smart, Uh. find some of those little, you know, mental exercises that you can do while you're on the water, you know, like just to mm -hmm. kind of, you know, do a quick breath. There's uh. I mean, I, I know, uh, and, and I'm, I'm a huge proponent of, of, uh, talking about it and getting it out there. Cause there's, I mean, especially now with, with the way things went in Afghanistan, uh, there's a lot of us that are out there that are dealing with a lot of stuff that, uh, yeah, Jeremy said, take a second, take, take a drink and a breath and then get to work. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> Phil Robinson's like, is that Phil, Phil, Phil Robinson? No, that's, that's different. Phil. <laughs> I had a boss once somebody we as humans. He's like, yeah, hey Phil, check out the doc. <laughs> yeah, right. Look at that. Dude, that's uh <clears throat> you know, my dad taught me to and I I, I like I think I saw on your bio or, or on your uh, your page you're you're what born eighty seven ish, something like eighty five. Yep. Yeah, eighty seven. Yeah. So uh I'm a I'm a little older. But uh <laughs> anyway, but, but you may remember uh the old Duck Commander like VHS tapes like back in the eighties. Like I have were, one. Those guys have been around for a minute, man. Like, so when they're yeah. 
show came out, I was like, oh, dude, I remember those guys. That's like when I was a teenager, like uh, when I first met my real dad, like we'd go duck hunting and and he would set me down in front of the the TV in his apartment and like he'd play those Duck Commander videos. And like there's a five minute segment of them like spitting into shot, spitting tobacco juice into shotgun shells, you know, <laughs> and, uh, it was ridiculous, you know, but yeah, that's hilarious. Hey, Phil. And he said, not, yeah. not the Phil. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That was, I was like, damn, <laughs> I'm like we're growing. We are getting big. That's but, great. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, you know, just developing those little patterns, but, but what I was going to get now was, was saying, you know, it's like, I, I'm, a, I'm a huge proponent of talking about, uh, you know, kind of like mental health and mental exercises and mental, uh, things that, um, can really help you a lot in life, like in anything. I mean, I went, I've been in stressful jobs my entire life. I was in the army. I was in the Navy. I was a professional firefighter and EMT. Um, well, then I was in Hollywood playing music for a while. That wasn't really stressful, but it was kind of stressful. <laughs> and then I went back to Iraq again after that as a contractor, you know, so super stressful. And then I yeah. came and I was like, I'm going to do the craziest thing in my life. And I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to cook for a living, which is the, the pinnacle of insanity. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> but um so one of the things that i did is is i wound up getting into therapy and i wound up like kind of talking my way through things and that got me talking to people about stuff that a lot of people don't talk about mm-hmm. part of part of the warrior mindset is finding avenues to calm our minds and center ourselves and find that space that just can really kind of zen us out you know kind of just mm-hmm. and there's these exercises and you guys can look them up um but it's uh Oh God, what do they call them? Uh, EMDR. It's like eye, mo- eye movement, uh, whatever. It, but it's, it's basically like kind of this, this visualization of different objects is kind of, I don't want to say safe spaces because that sounds really stupid, you know, but, uh, mm-hmm. but kind of something it's, it's a familiar, like kind of calm place. And I- the rules were you can't put any, you can't put anything else alive into that box. You know, like you can't be like, oh, I hate this person. I'm going to put him in the box. You know, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. And the other rule was uh, there had to be a container of some sort inside of this vessel that you could store things in emotions or thoughts or situations. And so um, when I was in this in this therapy thing and, and I was talking with the lady who's fantastic, you know, I still I still talk to her all the time today. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, the first thing that she did was help me create my container. She's like, okay, you know, talk you through it, close your eyes. What do you see when you think of this safe thing? And the thing that popped out to me was my, my, my papa, my, my, uh, my grandpa's little blue metal tackle box, you know, rusty and beat up and it stunk when you open it, you know, and it's like, and the little tray folded up and the, the container, the vessel inside of it was this little cardboard box it was stained red around the edges and it had a little bottle of methylate on the inside of it. And methylate, for I don't know if a lot of y'all know, but methylate back in the day was like this iodine base, like it was like devil spit. Like it's what taught us to not stab ourselves with fish hooks, and it's what taught us <laughs> to buy fish because Papa loved to put methylate on you. And keep uh, going. I'm gonna get oh, yeah. my charger here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so one of the things that you do is when you get in a situation you need to kind of mellow out is you just close your eyes, you breathe for a second, you kind of tap your legs and then you kind of visualize taking whatever um, is troubling you or whatever situation is really kind of messing with your, uh, 
it's kind of messing with your 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 chi you know your zen and you just put it in the in the container and my container was that thing of methylate inside of it. so it's like i just close my eyes i visualize it whatever the problem is open that box unscrew that bottle of methylate put whatever problem it is there seal it back up put it in the box close the tackle box i'm good and it's Absolutely. just sometimes it is really just doing some stupid and it really is stupid when you think about it kid i mean that that is but at the same, but it's kind of brilliant at the same time, you know, it's brilliant in its simplicity. So it's, uh, no, I, I agree with that. And one of the things was in mixed martial arts, we did a meditation technique that basically all it was, was you would sit and you would look at a, you would look at a candle. Mm -hmm. And the idea is when you looked at the candle, you did nothing but just think about what the candle looked like and what it meant to you. And you stared at it for so long that when you closed your eyes, all you could see was that candle. And the idea behind this was when you stared at it, you created some sort of like, I don't know, what's the word? Um, emptiness almost mm -hmm. in a sense that, okay, Nothing else really matters right now except the shape of this flame on this candle, uh, what it looks like, the colors and things like that. And what it did was it created um, it created an opportunity for you to live in a moment. Right. And one of the best things that my coach ever taught me was that – Hold on here. Sorry. <laughs> um, the grand tour. I feel like we're on cribs there for a second, you know? Yeah, I'm just all over the place. <laughs> um, but anyways, what one of the greatest things he taught me was he would say he would always speak in analogies. He said, All right. So he got up this morning, the first thing he thought about was bills. First thing he thought about was um, your work and how it's going to be stressful to go to work and how you'd much rather be fishing, you know, do this and do that. Uh, you thought about your family problems and, you know, maybe you've got some issues like, uh, you know, your baby mama or something has asked for more money, whatever it may be. You got all these problems. He's like, and all you're doing is you're thinking about the past. You're thinking about the future. You're thinking everything that could affect you. He said, but here, think about this. He's like, if you were to ask, you know, uh, if you were to ask a dog what time it is, what do you think that dog is going to say? Yeah. He's going <laughs> to say that the time is now. Yeah. The, yeah. Time, the yeah. time is now. It's now. Well, I, you know, I don't know what you're talking about. The time is now. And the idea is that that dog lives in the moment. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not worried about what happened in the past. It's not worried about what's going to happen in the future. All it is is living for the moment. And the idea is that, you know, you got to think what's happening than a dog, you know? Yeah. Um, and the, the idea too, in a sense that when you live in a moment, you start living more for the experience of life than you are for, um, you know, problems that you might have for stressful situations you might put yourself in getting back to fishing. It's the same thing. I, you know, I'm, I'm going to live in a moment. I, I just watched the blue herring fly right over top of me or a bald eagle in a tree above me or, 
Um, you know, I've watched, uh, you know, I had a big blow up and that was cool to watch. Um, beautiful weather, the sunrise is gorgeous. You know, all these things kind of allow us to put aside all the problems and stresses that we have in life and allows us to kind of reconnect ourselves with the experience that life was meant to be. And life wasn't meant to be comfortable. Life was meant to be lived. And the idea that when you go out there, yeah, everybody's going to have problems. Everybody's going to deal with crap. Everybody's going to deal with things that, that, you know, is uncomfortable and puts them in difficult situations. But you can either focus on that or you could focus on the fact that you're alive and you're focused on the fact that, you know, you're living and you're doing something that you enjoy or whatever it may be. Um, a lot of peace comes from that. You know, a lot, a lot of um, tranquility comes from the idea of knowing that you're alive right now and you're doing something that you love. And it doesn't matter if you tied a bad knot. doesn't matter if you forgot to pay a bill. It doesn't matter if you're going to a crappy job. As long as you've got something, something that you love um, and that you're in that moment enjoying it, you know. Um, yeah, it's, so, a, it's a whole lot more than just living uh living in the now and wondering where the next meal is going to come from, like having that sort of just very basic simplicity to, to, to wildlife, like how we used to be in our, you know, uh, a, a, a few hundred thousand years ago, you know, when we first crawled from the primordial ooze, you know, it's like mm -hmm. uh, getting to that state where now it's like we we overcomplicate things so uh, religiously yeah. that it's just like, yeah, just being able to take that, take that little time and just, and just, just wind down. Um, uh, yeah, Phil, uh, Phil coming on here, he said, uh, Unbreakable by Tom Shea is great reading to learn to control your inner dialogue and use it in your favor set against yourself. Absolutely. That's a, that's a great book. Um, and Jeremy, Jeremy's, Jeremy's the homie down here in East Texas. He's got to take Adam to Cato. Absolutely. Are you, are you going to Cato this year? Did you do KBF? Uh, I did, but I didn't do too well. I only fished the St. Clair. So. Okay. Yeah, the, um, the national championships in Caddo, which is a really cool lake here, and it's you dig it. It's very, uh, it's the only natural lake in the entire state of Texas. It's on the border between uh, uh, East Texas and Northwestern Louisiana, and it's like uh, like awesome. Jurassic Park. So it's like, uh, um, you know, all cypress trees, and I mean, ah, uh, that's cool. It's beautiful. Alligator. I would love to fish that. It, it's it's really cool. Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah. We'll have to get you down and have you come fish with us sometime. If you're not going to make the NC, then just let us know. Cause that'll be rad. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, Jeremy was just, uh, definitely needed to hear that right now going through some shit. Yeah. For reals, man. It's like, um, and, and, and Adam, you've got a great outlook on it. And it reminds me a lot of mine, you know, to where it's just, it's mm -hmm. very philosophical at levels, but the main tenet of that, of that philosophy is that, it really doesn't mean anything, you know, it's like, just, uh, just kind of shake it off. You know, the, the bill didn't get paid, shake it off, man. You'll get it paid. Like, you know, the, 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 the wife's mad or the husband's mad or, or whatever, you know, it's like, they're going to be fine or not, yeah. you know, yeah, absolutely. or not, you know, you're going to do good at the tournament or not, you know, it's like, and at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. You're going to, you're going to do fine at the next one. And even mm -hmm. if you have a crap day, like my Saturday was crap crap man it was terrible i had yeah. a great couple of days of practice i was catching smallmouth and stuff i was like dude this is awesome and then mm -hmm. that day was sh just shit it was terrible <laughs> and then, uh, gonna... but i was just like 
oh well man it was shit and i i just remember mm-hmm. clawing through those waves with that half a paddle and just going my god this sucks man and then yeah trying to fish and it was like ah oh, i could have been so mad you know but i was like no nah. i'm like i'm gonna make th- i'm gonna make this that i'm gonna make this like the 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 hero story you know about man i'm yeah. so there i was digging through the water ah, broken paddle broken this no more <laughs> you know 100 mile an hour winds gary sinise just came by with no legs on a on a shrimp boat you know <laughs> uh, you know it's like <laughs> you know and then right there at the finish line you know i if nothing else you know like i caught big bass or whatever or or you know pulled yeah. out a, a a five fish limit at the end you know like something did that happen right no but man, it would have been cool if it did, you know, like, yeah, it absolutely. Like, and, and you don't get to tell those stories if you didn't do it, you know, if you didn't try, you know, and, and mm-hmm. if you didn't exhaust yourself, like mentally, physically, like just get in there and go and do it and dig in and don't stop, you know, like just keep going, you know, like um, be the hero, you know, mm-hmm. they, they don't, they don't, I used to always tell people, uh, you know, I'm like, they don't write songs about, you know, about weak like and i don't mean like physical strength wise i mean but, but they, they don't write strong they don't write stories and poems about you know people that were too scared to finish you know it's like right. go do it go finish go through right. it we got friends that that go through uh so much stuff like you said your health i've got friends that are sick i've got fr- i got friends that that are uh uh, you know, going through, uh, you know, chemo, I've got friends that are going through, you know, all sorts of things, uh, mental health problems with, you know, physical problems, their bodies are breaking down after years of doing just all the crazy crap that we've done. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there is so much stuff to be worried about. There, there's, we've got people that are trapped overseas. We've got people, you know, there is a lot of stuff to worry about, but man, being out on the water, being fishing, and you know, worrying about your day to day life, and and I want this this topic to kind of spill over a, a little more than uh than to just fishing. You know, it's like this oh, yeah. ties in with your life, man. It's it's like yeah. uh, um, it's just a general way of of taking care of your own well being and kind of counting coup on the negativity that just destroys your life. You know, mm-hmm. you know, and. Going back to the, the the mental health portion of this, you know, how, how we were in control of, you know, the, the, the bad things that could happen. You know, it was my fault that my rod backlash, it was my fault that, you know, I didn't charge my battery correct and, you know, it died. You know, all these things. And one of the hardest things for anybody, especially those who struggle with that, a, a lot of people who play a lot of people who who think that their lives suck are constantly pl- playing with the victim mentality of you know this is normally how things happen for me this is how it you know they're always constantly saying why me why me i'm always in a bad place i'm always in this horrible place in life charlie brown man. and exactly and <laughs> the, the the idea behind that is I don't know if people, and, and I like your take on how we're all just these things crawling out from the mud and just and stuff like that. A lot of people don't realize, you know, that we are nothing more than just creatures of this earth. Mm-hmm. And that, yeah, the, the, the problems that we place in our life are totally all on us and our fault. 
we're the ones that place us in those situations. But, you know, like one of the things that seems to be on a rise a lot lately is, is anxiety and depression. And I get it. And I, and I have suffered a little bit of depression, you know, uh, with dealing with, um, you know, something I worked so hard towards, you know, I never really truly grasped the, the idea, you know, grasped glory in, in the UFC. You know, I fought, I won, but I never got a chance to truly get to like the level that I wanted to get to. And when I retired, it felt like that, that 13, 14 years of my life was a waste. Now I, I, I know it wasn't, I, I opened so many doors and so many opportunities with doing that, but uh, the idea that I dealt with that, you know, I started doing a lot of stupid stuff. I started drinking more. I started just, you know, kind of getting real down on myself, beating myself up, telling myself I was no good, looking at myself in a mirror, telling I was a piece of crap. You know, all this can span into, you know, everything that you do in life, whether it's work, whether it's uh, with your relationships, whether it's fishing, all this stuff is affected by your mindset and your your outlook on life. And my outlook at that particular moment was miserable. And, and like you, you said, you, you know, you're a veteran and I'm sure you've dealt with that too, coming back. And when you, you know, you hung the boots up, man, it was like, that was terrible. Like, yeah. well, so I'm a part, well, I, I haven't been on a call in a while, but you know, I was doing this thing called uh, Merging Vets and Players. Uh, so Jay Glazer out in California put this together. And what it is is uh, it's, it gets uh, combat veterans, just regular veterans and uh, retired professional athletes together on one call. And basically we talk about the, these problems. And, you know, when he caught wind that I was in that sort of bad situation jay reached out to me and uh said hey i want you to join on this call blah 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 so you know i was feeling bad now i went and i joined on the call and after i joined it i haven't been back since because it gave me a whole new perspective that when i listened to some of the combat veterans stories i was like adam you're a dumbass <laughs> you have no idea you know, okay boy wow okay you you retired from fighting whatever i mean these guys were doing some absolutely brutal shit man and it it like i cried and i was like wow so i i i kind of backed away but it gave me a new perspective on life number one of you know how we should always you know look towards our combat veterans but in the eyes, in, in the mindset, though, when I was talking about how we're all just creatures of this earth and that, you know, we do, we are in control of that, that if we just believed in ourselves, knowing that we can pull ourselves out of any situation, if anybody, you know, I, I don't know if anybody has said anything otherwise, but if you think of us as creatures, you think of, that we have the same feelings as creatures themselves. Mm -hmm. So, you know, anxiety and depression are on the rise. These are all um, these are all symptoms of um, understanding things that have hurt us in the past. Uh, they're they're a way for us to build up our defenses um, in order to protect ourselves. So, you know, if you're placing anxiety, let's place anxiety in a situation. So somebody's got, you know, very anxious. They uh, uh, look at a deal parasitic sympathetic uh, uh, uh nervous system reaction i mean it's just yes. it's yeah Look, it's, it's how does insane. 
let's say if you're let's say if you're hunting a deer, you're in a tree stand, you're looking at this deer, you know, people think a deer is just an animal, whatever. It's coming through, and all of a sudden, all hunters hate to see this. You see that deer do this. He picks his head up, looks around. All of a sudden, he just caught a whiff. He caught a scent. But what a lot of people don't realize is that deer's anxiety picked up. A deer's defense systems are picking up. You know, and this is when a lot of us, when our defense systems pick up, we we shut down. We shut down on ourselves. We shut down on us, you know, experiencing things. And, you know, that deer picks up that anxiety, its ability to protect itself by noticing things that could potentially hurt them. Mm-hmm. Um, this is what we do naturally in our mindset. You know, whenever we're dealing with anxiety, it, it's crazy to think about that people who have been in really bad situations have less anxiety than people who aren't in bad situations. We're starting to see a rise in that because people are, um, they're not used to dealing with that. They're not used to dealing with that natural instinct to be able to pick up our anxiety and deal with it. Um, and they allow it to control them. So like, if you go to a third world country, you know, you place a third world country guy and somebody over here and say, both of them, Hey, somebody just got in your bank account and stole $200. I guarantee the guy over here is going to freak out a lot more than the guy over there. You know, that guy over there is like, oh, okay, you know, Holy stuff shit. happens. Should I have $200? What? Well, that too, that too. But the idea that, like, you know, his main concern is, like, man, he hopes he has the – his anxiety picks up when he doesn't have enough water for the day or he doesn't have enough food for the day or, or shelter. Village just got – Meanwhile. Yeah, like, it's – it's uh it's it's mm-hmm. definitely i mean we 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 call that you know comparing uh you know third world problems to first world problems it's uh it, yeah. it, it's and it's amazing the you know um i don't want to see this this the softness of 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 westerners but it, but it kind of is you know being somebody that I, I i mean i spent a ton of time in the middle east the far east like kind of all around the world africa yeah um, you got first hand experience yeah. like when you when you start living around these people that have just lived in in crisis their entire lives, you know, whether it be food, water, medicine, uh, wars, you know, tribal, tribal feudalism, like, uh, um, just, you know, rape, torture, kidnapping, um, whole families disappearing in the middle of the night. You know, it's like, it's a lot of, a lot of things that a lot of people here take for granted, you know, and it's a lot of, a lot of things that, uh, that people here don't have to deal with. Um, and, 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 and that's okay. That, and that's a good thing, you know, but it's, it's, uh, that we, we always just said kind of, uh, like we wound up being stuck on, on like yellow, you know, like, uh, um, most, most people just cruise around like with, with that green light, you know, like it's the yeah. green lights on where everything's great, you know, ain't no, not a care in the world, do, to do, to do, you know, the new Adam Milstead singles out on the radio, listening to that, you know, got a cold beer in the back. <laughs> gonna go fishing you know whatever you know red is like oh shit there's a guy about to hit me you know mm-hmm. um yellow is kind of like you're driving around you got a cooler of beer in the back and you're going fishing but that car looks a little shady over there like what's going on with that like you're getting you know go to the 7-eleven and you're eyeballing everybody when you before you get out of the car and that's mm-hmm. just how you are like you you wind up stuck on that heightened sense of awareness you right. wind up being like the deer, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's, it's like the, the deer is 
dude, he's peaceful. He's out, he's out in the woods. He's cruising around, you know, he's eating food and, you know, chasing girls and, and, uh, you know, all of a sudden he's always smelling, you know, cause it's, it's, he's aware that there are things out there that are dangerous. There, he's aware that there are things out there that will eat him or kill him. And, you know, it's, it's just, they live in that heightened sense of awareness. So it's kind of like adapting yourself to be able to do that. And the more that you do that, the more capable you are of dealing, of, of identifying and dealing with, with like external stressors, you know, like, um, It, it, whether it be, I mean, a lot of these things that we talk about tonight, and I'm, and I'm, I'm glad that this kind of just went on like this kind of philosophical twist. <laughs> uh, but one of the one of the huge things to realize is that a lot of these things aren't even dangerous stressors. These are like exactly they're not uh, they're not into the world things. You know, it's it's like it's not like imminent threat of of danger you know it it's literally just things that are just happening on the way that we want you know and it's like so is it even a problem or or is it kind of like you know sometimes you just got to go man i'm being a baby dude like no you know like you know what it is it's a part of success and a lot of people don't realize that when you're ask ask jeff bezos or ask ask some of the one of the most popular people in the world if you even ask them, like just normal successful person, someone that you would think is successful in life, you ask them, they'll probably won't tell you they're successful. Because if, if you chalk it up to how many times they've lost, to how many times they've won, they're going to have way more times where they lost. Yeah. And the problem is, is a lot of people don't realize that failure is one of the most important ingredients to success. Because again, like we we're talking about with the rise of anxiety, not being able to deal with uh, stressful situations and things like that. And people shell up, stop themselves. They create mental blocks. They create roadblocks in their life when instead all they had to do was just fight through it. And when you fight through it, um, you learn from it. Sometimes you're going to fail. Sometimes you're going to fall, but guess what? It's not that you lose. It's not that you uh, wind up in a bad situation. It's the fact that you're now learning and then it gives you another opportunity to try again, just this time, you're a little bit more educated. Yeah. And, and the, failing, failing is okay. Like this yeah. part of people where they were like, were like failure became such a, uh, a such a, such a negative thing or like something that just stuck with you forever is this, you know, big check mark of shame on your life. Oh my God, you failed once. Oh, so what? Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like, if, if you just, you know, Somebody that just goes out and succeeds has no appreciation for anything. They have no mm-hmm. skin in the game. They know ha- they have no stories. They have, right. I mean, what do they have? Money? They got they got an yeah. old lady that loves them for their money. You know, they got mm-hmm. you know a Stepford wife and a and two and a half kids and you know <laughs> a, a big ass house they don't need and a bunch of stupid cars they don't need and a boat that he can't drive and mm-hmm. like you know. I, it's completely unfulfilling, you know, and you go to, you show me somebody that has scars, uh, from failure scars from, uh, from slipping and falling and fighting and clawing and working your way through adversity and mm-hmm. still, still competing and still being in the game and still being out there hustling and learning new things and trying new things. Um, I, I, I remember 2013 very well. 
when I went to the, I mean, I was working, I was doing, uh, you know, high threat diplomatic security for the State Department in Iraq. I was, I was the guys in Benghazi, like we did exactly what those guys did. It was low profile diplomatic security, uh, except I was in Baghdad. I remember the very first time, and it was a, it was a stupid story because uh, I get out of the car. Uh, we we ran a mission that day, um, so my team was getting ready to run me to the airport, and uh, so we rip in, go by the armory. I turn in, you know, my radios, my my all my gear, um, and then you know I had my M4 that I'd had forever, my little ten and a half inch barrel shorty, you know, dual mags, you know, Trigicon ACOG, like. It was a dope mm-hmm. rifle. I love that rifle. <laughs> so I did the old John Wayne, you know, I said, chink, rack, you know, drop the mag, wrap, rack the round out of it, caught the round in midair and dropped it in the pocket of my shirt and then handed my rifle to the armor. And I remember just how symbolic that was. And, and like, that's the first thing that I thought of when you told me that you laid your gloves down in the arena. And I was like, how symbolic and how powerful um, of a moment that is. You know, and that's what it reminded me of was, was, was that when I, when I wrapped yeah. that bullet dropped in my pocket and that was it, that was the last yeah. I, I ever carried a weapon in harm's way. Um, wow. and I went to the, uh, I went back to my room and packed up real quick and changed and threw that shirt into my bag. And when I got to the airport in Baghdad, Baghdad international, the little, uh, Iraqi police guy scanning suitcases, he goes, you have machine gun bullet. I'm like, Mother, I ain't got no bullets. Like, what are you talking about? He's like, no, on extra, you have machine gun bullet. And I was like, oh, man, no. I'm like, hold up. I know what it was. And I reached in there, and I'd forgotten to take that out before I packed it up. So I almost went to Iraqi jail that day. That was cool. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, and no wonder that it causes a stress. And no wonder that, it, you know, making these dramatic changes in our lives and going from doing something that's, that you've worked so hard and you've trained so hard to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, finding the hobby, finding the competitive hobby is great, but uh, I mean, do, do you still do, uh, do you still train? I mean, do you still, uh, you still hit the gym? You still, I mean, what do you do to kind of, um, to kind of stay sharp, you know, like what, 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 what's, what's your kind of more routine now? Yeah. Can, can you hear me all right? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you fine. Oh, okay, just making sure my, my other mic died. Oh. Um, no, honestly, uh, man, I, <clears throat> I, I, I've been out for a little bit, but I just started getting back into it. And the only reason why is because I knew that I had to stop. I knew I had to, I had to get myself away from that position because I, I was going to put myself back into the cage again and try again and again. It's just, it's one of those things that was like, it's such a part of me. It's just such a part of my blood that if I was to get back in the cage or get back in the gym and train with these guys and stuff like that, that I, I would want to do it again and then get back out there and compete and then work my way up back to the UFC you know, dude, I don't know if you know, man, I, I had between, you know, my professional career and UFC career, I had uh, four knee surgeries. I've had no surgery. I've had an eardrum surgery. I have a lacerated liver. I had two broken hands. Uh, I've had a, um, uh, that might be it. I might have other stuff. I can't remember the top of my head, but I, I you know, it was, it was like, man, by the time I'm, 
50, I'm not going to be able to enjoy the things that I like to enjoy. Yeah. But now, here's the thing, though. I, as much as I love mixed martial arts, and I decided what I want to do is I want to start helping a few of the guys out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, helping a few guys uh, in the sport of mixed martial arts who are making their way up and maybe, you know, coach or, or mentor them or manage them or something like that. Just in that sense, you know, I, I have to have – I have to have that because that's been a, such a part of my life. And, you know, the last three years that I've been out of it, it's, it's, it's hurt. You know, um, I kind of get what you guys go through. What your veterans go through, man. When, when you, when you break away from that, man, it's just like, God, it's like some, something that was such a part of your DNA is, is just now it's just living in the past. It's like, man, I've got to do it. So I'm in a position now where, you know, I'm going to start working kind of my way back towards the gym, not necessarily trying to compete. I'm hopefully, because I still feel like it, man. I still feel yeah. like I can get in there and, and compete. Never, that'll never go away. Like, like yeah, this, this thing kicked off with Afghanistan in the last couple of weeks. And I mean, you know, uh, you know, pe- people, people that I know through the, through the, the, the military scene and the, the contracting world, you know, I mean, like, uh, like Tim Kennedy's back over there right now. I mean, he's out there. He's yeah, wow. They're, they're, uh, I didn't they're, know that. they're scooping folks up, you know, it's like, uh, uh, doing the work that should have been done. Exactly. I've, I've got friends that are still out in the ville, you know, they're still out there and they're still gathering people up and they're trying to get people out. You know, it's like, Jeez. uh, and there's, when that goes down, I'm just going like, man, I still got all my stuff. I still got all my kit. I'm still, I mean, I'm, I'm a little fatter. I'm a little older, but. <laughs> Oh, like put me back in coach. Like, uh, yeah, right. Like I'll go. And, and that's kind of that same kind of obsessive, you know, uh, uh, which is why I'm gl- really glad that I have outlets and common sense and a wife that would probably murder me if I, ever. <laughs> but, uh, hey, I got, I got the uh, two little ones on the way now. So of yeah, course my, right. congrats. And my, yeah, thank you. My my perspective is is definitely changing now. So it's like, or at least my priority is starting to change. And a lot of that comes to like, you know, in a sense that I'd be able to get back to the gym and know that hey, maybe getting back in the in the cage and competing isn't the best case scenario because I I want to be out in the you know front yard playing catch with my boys. I I don't want to. I don't want to miss out on that while I'm, you know, getting a surgery from, you know, taking a fight for, you know, a few thousand dollars, not even worth it. So, or, 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 or you're dead. Yeah. Or I'm dead. Yeah. And that, that can happen easily. That can definitely happen. I mean, that that's, that's like those things where I sit and they go, man, like, like there, there's time to let the 19 year olds, you know, do the fighting, you know, it's, it's yeah. time, yep. there's time to just turn the Marines loose, you know, and it's, uh, yeah. Um, and, and it's like, you know, one of the most terrifying thing in the world is, is a squad of 19 year old Marines in a, in, in a, in a nasty place, man. Like oh, I bet. <laughs> dude, they have, you know, they, they give zero, you know, that's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> they're, oh, they're yeah, absolutely fueled on, they're fueled on Copenhagen, rip it <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm, I remember being that 19 year old kid, you know, I don't know. I was in the army, but it was like, you know, uh, yeah, it's. But I, I know what you mean. It's like it's like I can't do anything halfway. So it's, yep. uh, you know, I stay. I I kind of try and work out a little bit still. Mm-hmm. I, I you know, um, I don't go shooting as much as I used to. You know, it's like because that's one of those things I, mean, I used to make my living with that stuff, and it's uh, yeah, and and that makes me want to go back, and and that's yeah. uh, and I 
definitely missed that paycheck. You know, that, that was, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but no, you know, it's, it's, uh, kind of fishing helps I, out a lot too, man. That's exactly what I was just going to say is it's like, yeah. um, I went a lot of years with, without it because I was really working on my culinary career and I was working for mm -hmm. some absolutely just, you know, incredibly talented, uh, chefs that are, you know, in some great restaurants in Dallas that required, you know, 80 to hundred hour weeks. And that's the kind of work that you'd have to put in if you wanted to learn and you wanted to get to that level that I knew I needed to be in before I could open my own place. And, you know, I was sitting there going, you know, I'm in my forties, man. Like I I'm in an accelerated timeline here as far as the, uh, the, the, the career goes, you know? So it's yeah. like, I had, to, I had to get in and work it. Um, so I did a lot of years with no hobbies, with no fun, with no friends, with no, uh, nothing but hard work and bad habits, you know, um, and that that landed me in the hospital with uh, with it with about with uh, it was right before my my Food Network uh, Chopped episode aired, um, and right before I I went and won Koshan five five five, I landed in the hospital with uh, atrial fibrillation from stress yeah. and working my ass off and eating eating like crap and chain smoking cigarettes all the time. So, yeah. If you guys out there quit smoking, man, don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, you know, after that happened, I was and, and COVID hit, you know, and it was like, man, I got a brand new baby restaurant. And I was like, oh, dude, we're doomed, man. You know, it's like, but no, keep going, keep going, keep going. That's great. Uh, man, that's, a, that's a hell of an inspiring story, too. I mean, you know, like, like the kayak fishing was it. It was like, oh, yeah, me out. I can sit there and I can look in the comments section. I can look on the page. I can look every time I go out and I go fishing. You know, I have friends now. I have buddies that call me. Just be like, what's up, man? You know, like, and it's still weird for me sometimes. You know, it's like because I'm so used to being kind of isolated and, um, and, and guarded and just kind of in my own little world that it's like it's kind of hard. And I think that that modern society has kind of taken – you know, the, the, the brotherhood of man and like kind of tried to pull it apart, you know, and kind of tried to, um, isolate us from that. And, and it, and it's, you know, getting into the kayak fishing community, I've gotten out and I've met, I mean, a lot of, a lot of them have been on the show, um, guys and gals, you know, that, that, I, that are out there on the trails that are just are becoming really good friends and yeah. it's people that I call and I talk to, you know, and, and, and that in itself is healthy and it's wise and for shit sakes, do it, people. Like, go out yeah. there and talk to people. Quit um, being an introvert and get out there. Like, I, for somebody who's very – I've met quite a few sort of socially awkward people that, uh, you know, I, I told them about the sport. And, like, you know, a year or two later, I see them on the bank at a big, you know, big tournament. I'm like, holy crap. And, you know, they're hanging out with other people after stuff like that. I was like, hey, I'm, I'm going to tell you what. There's plenty of other socially awkward people out here kayak fishing. Maybe that's why we kayak fish, but we all get together and we have a great time. And, uh, you know, man, if, if, if you want, like, a second family, you can have one here kayak fishing. It's crazy. The camaraderie that you get with, with some of the most random individuals yeah. in Look. this sport is – it's interesting. It's really cool. You open up a lot of doors. Like, now I'm going to, you know – 
uh, you know, I, I support, uh, we've got a few guys who have, uh, restaurants here in the area. So anytime we're done a tournament and locally, we'll go and support them at their restaurant and stuff like that. And so it, it's really cool. We kind of build up these relationships that you never knew you would have had. And then beyond that, like these guys will, you know, have no problem. You know, I had a few of them in my wedding as, as a groomsmen and things like that. It's like, that would have never happened had I not actually listened to Noah at Field and Stream and actually gone out and tried something that I've never thought about trying. You know, I never knew anything. Of, I didn't know anything about competitive bass fishing, let alone competitive kayak bass fishing, and uh, gave it an opportunity. And, man, it, it has really become such a, such a um, really balancing portion of my life that I love and that I cannot wait to do, man. It's like, I don't know. It's, I, I just love the sport so much. And I think it might be solely on the people that I get a chance to talk with and hang out with. It's like one of my favorite things to do after the tournament is go out and hang out with these guys at a local bar, have a few beers, talk about what we did, talk about the fish that we lost because everybody lost a big one. You know, so it's like, Always. Uh, yeah. So it, it's, it's fun, man. It, it, if you're in that position, like, you know, just me reaching out to these people, but if you're in that position where you just, you really have nothing going on, nothing to look forward to, you know, um, try kayak fishing, try it out, man. Get to one of these competitive basses, get to your local uh, competition. I mean, they're all over the place. Now you can find a place, you can find, you know, a bass tournament, get there and introduce yourself and just say, hey, man, I'm new. I don't know a lot. Uh, will you help me out? Whatever. And, man, these guys will – I don't know. It, it's something completely weird. It's like boat bass fishermen are completely different from kayak bass fishermen in that sense that we want more people in for some unknown reason. Right. As bass fishermen like to kind of keep the field and competition a little low. <laughs> but, yeah, um, yeah I, I agree, man. Like I, I won 150 people at every tournament. I think that would be awesome. I'm like – like yeah let's, let's get them paychecks kicking you know yeah and the paychecks go up you know competition gets better you learn more you see like when i when i first did this tournament man i had no idea that the setups on these kayaks okay. i'm like holy crap these things are literally mini bass boats Absolutely. and then you know and then i started getting into it and that's one thing i love doing i love customizing kayaks and mm -hmm. you know doing what you call pvc engineering i love that you know so <laughs> Um, you know, it, it's really fun. It's, it's an interesting lifestyle, but you know, what's really cool about it too. It's a healthy lifestyle. And like you were saying before, something that, you know, keeps me sharp. I'm in a kayak. Now this is, this is bad. When I, when I kayak fish, man, I, I love it. And I'm pushing myself so much in a kayak, man. I I'll pedal like five, six miles a day. You know, if I got a paddle, I'm paddling, whatever. And I, I do a horrible, I'm horrible. I don't know if you're like me, but I do a whole, especially in competition. I'm horrible at taking time to sit down, drink water and, you know, eat on. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. Eat lunch and stuff. Cause I'm, I'm still amped up. I'm like, I got to catch a fish. It could be this cast, you know? And, uh, so, you know, my caloric intake isn't as much, but I am burning a lot of calories. So I'm staying thin, working myself out and stuff like that. You know? So, then I make up for it afterwards and drink a lot of beer and eat wings. So exactly, yeah, that's that's kind of my jam. Is, is I'm trying to <laughs> trying to drink fat boy beer now. Like what? I, uh, oh, that's the yeah, yeah. I got a few though. Yeah, it's all right. Um, hey, we just got it in Texas. We just got some of that 
uh, that Yingling, uh, Yingling, got, baby, got that uh, that flight. Which yeah, is, uh, it's actually really good. Like I, I picked up it, a pack of it the other day. I'm gonna get some more. Like that was. Oh man, I got, I got, I got a fridge. I, I, here. I says, saw that a second ago. Yeah, this way to happily ever after. <laughs> <laughs> That's like it. all my stuff, man. So I, I love IPAs. I got IPAs. I got the Michelob Ultra, Miller Lite. I, I got everything. There so. you go. Gotta have but. the beer. Like I have to. Like, all right, we're we're getting kind of down to like the last ten minutes, and I want to flip through here. Uh, yeah, I like getting questions from people. Um, and I, as you answer these questions, and anybody that's that's still watching at this point, um, all the way down to the beer drinking section, um, if you've got some questions. Get ready for him because uh, Adam's going to pick out his favorite question, and we're going to award you guys a uh, a, a catch uh, carbonate measuring oh, products because they're awesome. Duke and the gang, Duke, they and are awesome. The gang are incredible. Uh, so yeah, first one up here, Blackbeard Bassin, uh, who is always here, and he really wants to win a board. Um, <laughs> Adam, you get more nervous going into. Uh, a kayak fishing tournament than walking into the octagon or were you more confident going into a fight more than a fishing event? Mm. Well, um, for me, uh, when we were talking about anxiety before, there is nothing that's going to get you more anxious than being able to get in that octagon and fight. I mean, I was a, I don't care how, confident anybody is in the ufc everybody is freaking scared Absolutely. when they walk they make that walk dude your so heart's pounding yeah you're like my yeah mom. oh my god dude it, it was bad i uh i will say like it yeah i was more nervous walking into an octagon than i was like you know doing any oh like i i love tournaments because it was it was competition that didn't make me feel nervous yeah. You know, I I never really got nervous of that. And, face, yeah, like you know, like, you're not you're not about to get kicked in the face. You know, I know exactly, and <laughs> and that that was a thing, man. It's like, okay, I'm getting ready to fight this guy in front of all these people in front of the camera. I got cameras in front of me. To one of the one of the most stressful things, you're sitting there, you're you know, you're warming up in the background like this and stuff. You're in the back, and the guy knocks on the door. You're like, oh shit, I know this. And he opens up. He goes, Adam. You ready? He's like, you ready? You're up next. I'm like, oh man, you're just like, yeah. <laughs> you're like, oh my god, did I prepare? Did I do enough? You know, like you start freaking out. You're like, we gotta stop. I'm gonna pass out. You know, and then you're walking out to the cage. You got a camera in front of your face and stuff like that. Man, it, yeah, it's rough. So yeah, well, it's kind of it kind of makes me think of uh, you know uh, running run, running low one running low pro and. Uh, you know, there's three cars, six dudes, like, uh, you got, you got your people that you're protecting and, uh, mm -hmm. man, like when you hit that last gate going out, you know, and it's like that last gate goes up and then you're, you're in the ville, you know, like you're, you're in town now, you know, it's like, and you're driving around and there ain't help. I, I don't, I, like yeah, it, I like, don't it, wish it, that on my worst enemy, man. Feeling, you know, it's like you you get out there and you're just like, all right, dude, is this it? Am I ready? Am I trained? Am I going to do everything right? You know, 
are we going to get in contact? Are we not? You know, 99.9% of the time you don't, you know, yeah. you're like, but you always got to be ready. Yeah. And, and it's that, it's that same. It, well, it's like we talked about earlier. It's that, it's that sympathetic, parasympathetic, you know, fight or flight nervous system mm-hmm. reaction that, uh, that just kicks in and it just, it's, it's the rush, you know, yeah. it's, it's the same thing as, you know, like when you were talking about, uh, clawing your way through those grass beds, which, I'll, I'll have to I'll have to send you some pictures of me fishing. Uh, I did the KBBT, the big the the big national bracket thing, and mm-hmm. I won fourth. Um, nice. But uh, one of the lakes that I like to fish in is a grass lake like that, and it's like it gets matted, matted like all the way to the surface, and it's like you're clawing your way through it. And but like when you were talking about that, and you got that bite, you know, it's you know that feeling you get when you just you know you you flip a. Uh, ounce and a half tungsten like punch it through some mat you know and then mm-hmm. you give it that twitch and you're like oh there ain't nothing in there and there and you you slide that braid up and you bounce it off the the top end of the the grab mm-hmm. drop it again and then you feel something just go boom yeah you just <laughs> rip it out of your hands you're like oh yeah thing. you know it's that same feeling it's that that's that same like oh somebody just took a swing at me or somebody just took a shot at me it's that mm-hmm. same feeling you know um, yeah, I think that's why, like, uh, um, uh, Patrick said it around here. Um, Patrick Malone posted up earlier. He's like, that's why, you know, he's like, he's like military and kayak fishing. The camaraderie exists. I think that the, some of the thrill exists too. Like you get some of that. It's uh, like, yeah, between, but it's there, you know, it's like you, you still mm-hmm. get that jump. Um, yep. no, that, that's a, uh, that's a, that's a, that's a great question, man. Um, uh, Roland. Yeah. Uh, how do you get yourself ready the night before a tournament? Always, always good insight to get from people. Oh, man. You know, the idea is that when I get ready, I just (laughs) – you got to place yourself in that situation. If I haven't pre-fished it, the thing I do is I put on my confidence baits. If I if I have not pre-fished it, I I don't know what type of water – because it happens a lot. You know, I don't fish for a living. I, you know, work – and I, sometimes I can't get out to the water. Put on my confidence baits. T- um, tell us confidence baits real quick too while you're there. Uh, let's go here. First one, just a simple spinner bait, man. I tell you why spinner bait is just—it's one of those baits. I think it's coming back. It's not popular with the people, which makes it more popular with the fish. So there's, uh, there's a guy in the comments here. His name's Jeremy Baker. Mm-hmm. Um, go back through the comments on this. Send that guy a friend request. <laughs> he owns a company called Air Raid Spinner Baits. Oh, all right. He makes uh, spinner baits and he makes buzz baits that mm. are the juice. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> I, like I, I use his spinner baits and his buzz baits. Like, and they're uh, that's awesome. So that's yeah. great. Oh, I'll check. I'll check them out for sure. Um, the other one you can't just. Let's see. Oh, this is just the shaky head. Just a zoom finesse shaky head. Mm-hmm. The other one, you know, especially if it's a finessier bite, I'll go with the Z-Man um, pull a stick. That's just one of those baits that'll get me a strike. Um, can't go wrong with a swim bait. Yeah. And then um, and a frog. If I got grass, I got a frog on. So actually for kayak fishing, I do a, um, I don't have one tied on right now, but a, a Zoom horny toad. 
that's my bait. I don't know. I you know for kayak fishing, and this is the reason why. Because boat fishing, you can sit up there, you can you can walk a frog, no. you know. But when you, it's tough, man. You know, you're in a kayak, you walk a frog, and you got to get down, you got to paddle forward, push, pull yourself through, whatever, do it again. It's a pain in the butt. So I like something I can cover a lot of water with. That's I'm, what that zoom I'm a ribbit, is. ribbit guy over a zoom. Like I, I think that Stanley ribbits. Yes, for for the little soft rubber frogs, like standards are the top toad. The the top big frog, like that's the double hook, like the hollow body frog. Yep, yep. But they also make it's it's just like a zoom uh, horny. Oh, I know what you talked about. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's it's just the 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 feet are a little bit different. And, yeah, uh, but yeah, I saw in that uh that last post you did from that that other tournament that looked like you did some good on a black and red uh Stanley top toad. Yep, that's that. and that's like that's a money bait. I mean, I love I love spro frogs. Um, mm-hmm. I throw a lot of those, uh, but yeah. I'll, I'll, but man, if you're trying to cover water and cover water in very thick vegetation, I I mean, I'll crawl that thing across lily pads, thick lily pads. I'll still get big, big strikes. So, um, and a lot of times, if I just need to know bastard in that area, I'll mm-hmm. move that kind of quick. If I get a bunch of bunch of blow ups, even if I don't get a lot of fish. I know fisher in that area. That's a confidence thing for me. So yeah, that's I'll I'll do the I'll I'll do the uh, the top toad just as kind of mm-hmm. an identifier, and also some of uh, some of Jeremy's uh, buzz baits like that. that yeah, that's cool. Me as buzz, I love buzz baits. Nice. Yeah, good, good, good question. The uh, uh, any anything else besides? I mean, uh, how about how about uh, mindset wise? You got any sort of routine that you do or anything like that to get ready for that tournament? Is there Sleep, get sleep, man. That's the worst thing. Definitely underrated, yeah, right. Like, yeah, underrated because I mean that happens so often. You just get so worked up. And here's the thing, my preparation starts about a couple of days. Like I'm gonna get ready. I got a tournament uh, Saturday, and uh, after this call, I'm just gonna start rigging up a few rods and stuff like that. But I want to get ready the day before, mm-hmm. the night of. I pack my truck up, ready to go. But I make sure I'm in bed enough to at least get my my. If I get less than five hours of sleep, I feel like crap all day. So you know, you get at least six hours, six to eight hours of sleep. Try to get that in where you're on the road. Um, the biggest thing is don't stress yourself out. Oh, here's another one. Have a checklist. Good Lord. And kayak fishing, like bass fishing is completely different. You can throw everything in your bass boat, hook up your bass boat, go. Kayak fishing, you can't do that. You know, have a checklist. I have a checklist somewhere upstairs. I have a checklist of everything I need to bring. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll check that off, make sure I got it, throw it in a truck the night before, a good bit, like maybe like when I get home from work around four o'clock, I throw everything in my truck, I have to worry about a thing, got everything charged, good to go. Preparation for a bass tournament is actually one of my favorite things to do. I don't know why, but I'll sit here the two nights before and I'll lay out all, all my all my stuff and I'll look at it and be like, man, I caught some big fish on that. I've got a lot of confidence. I'm tying that on, man. You sit there and tie that on, and it's just it's a it's a fun time, you know. Sometimes I'll call my buddies up too and be like, "What are you tying on? You know, oh, I'm gonna tie this, blah blah blah, you know, whatever." It's, it's kind of cool, but it, it's all about, you know, if you're thinking about it, it's get enough sleep. Uh, make sure you got your truck packed a good bit beforehand and mentally 
prepare yourself to have a good time. Don't don't prepare yourself to think that you're going to feed fish and talk. Just go out and have a good time, man. Live in a moment. So yeah, that's good. That 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 that's really good advice right there. Prepare yourself to go fishing. Yeah, like, like <laughs> go just fishing. You're not catching. Yeah, um, go fishing. Uh, how about uh, is pre-fishing a lake important before a tournament since weather can play a role where fish go? Mm. So. Bass uh, boat tournaments, I say not necessarily. Um, kayak bass tournaments, I say pre-fishing is kind of uh, is quite helpful. The problem is, is our ability to be able to minimize our locations are really tough because we can't travel as far. Um, so I do believe pre-fishing is important. Um, it's not necessary. Um, with the tools that you have nowadays, you got Google Earth, you got you know, Google Maps, uh, you've got fish brain, you've got all these things you can look up and you can really do what you can to kind of minimize your stuff. But when I go into pre-fishing, the one thing I do is I try not looking for a pattern. I know what catches fish. What I want to do is I want to do two things. I want to minim- or I want to uh, eliminate baits and I want to eliminate locations. Mm-hmm. Because here's the thing, too. I mean, if you find a location that's got bass, I don't want to sit there and catch all the bass that I'm going to catch on tournament day. I'm going to let those go. I know there's bass in that area. I'm going to go to another area that I think might have fish. If it doesn't have fish, good. I cut it off. Right. Same thing uh, with baits. If I'm using if I'm using a spinner bait, if I'm using a buzz bait or something like that, I'm not getting any hits on it. It stays in the tackle box. I don't bring it out because, you know, so elimination of your locations and baits are probably most important when you're talking about pre-fishing. It's necessary, I think, in kayak fishing too. Uh, I agree. I agree totally. I mean, that's like, um, I, I think that homework is so much more important than uh, than 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 lake work. But yeah. and and also when you get there, like, I, I'm kind of like you. Like, I want to throw to eliminate water, not you know. I want to be like, all right, well, what was wrong about this place? Why weren't they biting at this place? It's like paying attention mm-hmm. to the things that are that are uh, that are actually valuable information, as opposed to going, oh man, I go out there, they're you know they're blo- they're blowing up on everything. It's like, well, you might have just wrecked your area. But exactly. it's um, yeah, just just kind of ID ID and stuff, you know. That makes that makes sense. And and as far as weather goes. Man, like one thing that I've I've discovered on almost every national tournament that I've ever done is that if you get there to pre-fish, like I'll usually get there like on Wednesday and I'll get some scouting in, um, you know, Wednesday evening. I'll, you know, maybe have some time to drive around and look at some ramps and what, what have you. And uh, I always notice that it's a totally different lake by the end you know, of practice by why when Saturday morning kicks off, it's always a totally different lake. So it's kind of like, I, I think just kind of becoming familiar with your surroundings and kind of what the lake's like, like, is there grass, is there pads, is there wood, is there current, is there, you know, and kind of getting out there and, and uh, putting eyes on water that you've only seen on, 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 on the lake or on, uh, on, on apps, on maps, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I agree good. Can you hear me right now? Oh yeah, I know it's like you can run through another headset. My, my my headset just died. Oh no! Oh, it's all good. I can hear you fine. Uh, right. We're almost there. We got. Uh, let's see. Phil's checklist is huge for sure. Uh, let's see if we got. 
He's talking north or south of the lake. We have an Airstream, so we spot at the Airstream Park. I think she's talking about, uh, yeah, they're talking about tournament this weekend. So I think that's it on our questions. Any last questions, people? Come on, get them in. I know there's some of you out there. Um, while, uh, give us some shouts on, uh, like your sponsors and stuff. You got anybody that you want to give some uh, love to? Absolutely. Uh, first and foremost is, uh, River's Edge, um, canoe and kayak shop. That's a, a spot in, uh, Leechburg, Pennsylvania. Amazing, amazing company. Um, they help me out and support me. Uh, as well as 412 Baits. Um, make great. And you were talking about spinner baits. They make a bait, a spinner bait called the Phase 4 Spinner Baits. It's, mm-hmm. it's what I throw. It's, it's an amazing bait. Uh, 412 Spinner Baits. Um, and then Cross Kicks. It's a shoe. Guys, check them out. If you guys want a great water shoe, check out Cross Kicks. Uh, I got a code. It's called Straight uh, Underscore Yacked. S-T-R, number eight, underscore, Y-A-K-D. You get like 20% off. Um, So, yeah, it's a good spot. But um, beyond that, that's about it. Um, But I also just wanted to say, man, Lance, thank you so much for having me on, dude. It's uh, Dude, I'm sorry. I I, I was so busy. Like today, we went to go look at a daycare, and we're looking at flooring, things like that. I'm like, oh, my God, I got to get back. (laughs) So I finally got back. I'm glad I jumped on. No, I'm glad we got you. And, uh, and yeah, thank you. And, and like, I would love to have you back on again and kind of, uh, get, get, get kind of the steps going throughout the, uh, um, watching your kind of career grow with ours. So it's, it's, it's a lot of fun and I'm sure we'll link up on the, on the tournament trail one of these days. Absolutely. Uh, we're going to, we're going to have to get you, uh, we'll have to see if we can get you lined up with Jackson one of these days too, man. That'd be a- I would, dude, I'd tag him and everything. I, I've talked yeah. before Eric Jackson left. I was talking to Just talking to Eric the other day. Yeah. Like, he was up really? on the second leg. I mean, I was like fanboy and I was like, oh my God. Dude, like, <laughs> That's cool. That was the first time I'd ever met him face to face. Like everybody I know knows him, you know? And I was just like, oh my God, dude. I'm like, thank you. He's like, what? <laughs> I was like, dude, I felt like such an idiot. You know, I was like, man, like my first. He seems like a boat. cool guy. So awesome. Yeah. He's like, uh, I was like, dude, my first good boat. Like, cause I mean, I was like you. Like, I went through like a turd, you know, like I had, like, <laughs> it was like a perception, like sit on top, like your butt's wet the whole time. Mm-hmm. And then I got a, it was like, I got a Jackson Cuda 14, you know, and I was like, man that was my first boat that why well, i, I oh, love that well. boat, yeah yeah but, but the old like hd the old like hd kudas you know like with the center console with that yeah. box that pulled out of it oh mm-hmm. dude, those boats the skinny and long <laughs> they hauled ass and they were such great boats <laughs> yeah uh, like you know finally sitting there hanging out with with like with like eric jackson and you know like the the guys like pats me on my shoulder, you know, and I'm like, oh, like like a little kid. You know? I'm just like, the guy's my age, you know. Oh, yeah, that's maybe great. A little, maybe a little older, but um, yeah, super cool. What a great company. What great boats, you know. And uh, I do love it. American made, yeah. So yeah, yeah right there in Sparta, Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah, baby. Yeah, but man, yeah, you know, great to have you on. Yeah. Um, let's make sure we got any uh, questions. Uh, who's your? Uh, what was your favorite question? Uh favorite questions probably gonna be have to have to be Blackbeard. Blackbeard uh, the, uh, I don't even know if Blackbeard's still here, you're gonna make his whole life. <laughs> yeah, that guy has been trying. Like he'll well, just show up and start firing questions. Like I mean, like 
are we going to have tacos tonight? Like whatever. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So dude, dude's going to be happy. So Blackbeard, um, send me all your info. That way I can get a board out to you. And thank you guys at catch products. Um, we'll wrap it up, man. That was a great show, dude. We went like yeah. two hours, like just, ja just jamming. So yeah, hell yeah. have Adam back on for sure. Um, uh, yeah, we'll wrap it up. We'll kick it out of there. Um, uh, Adam stand by in the, in the, in the green room, green room real quick. And I'll say bye to you out there, but guys, thank you so much. We will uh, see you next time. Adam Milstead, ladies and gents, you know, that's awesome. Glad to have you, man. Y'all be good. Bye. Bye.